moments of when they're in the air and it can be hard to follow. And it's, it was a, an incredible achievement for the time of what they were doing. But here, like, it's, it's just so incredibly well executed that, in, like, from a technical standpoint and from a stylish standpoint, that I just love it. I love it so much. Andy Cortez. Yeah, this movie is absolutely – it lived up to all the hype, and I didn't think that was possible. I wouldn't – I thought this movie was going to be like Jack Reacher until I saw the more recent trailer for it, where I mm-hmm. said, like, God damn, they were really kind of going all out here with the cinematography and all the cool camera shots. And I had mentioned it last week that this movie is trying to do dogfighting in an age where the technology can't – really show it off in a meaningful way or in a in an entertaining way so they kind of got to do what they can with you know movement in the cockpit the, the fake cockpit that they're in reusing the same shots trying to create that chaos and tell a story is really tough but knowing that now they were going to have that technology going into it, it this movie far surpassed any uh, expectation that I had for it um, I do think in some of the slower parts, I don't think it's uh, – I do think it, it, you know, like Matt and Nick were just mentioning, it does lack a little bit storytelling-wise in some moments. Maybe it's just uh, sequences of certain actors, but um, like Val Kilmer coming back I thought was so beautifully done and emotional, and uh, that's, that sequence really got me because we, we know his struggles and what he's going through, and um, it, it was done so beautifully. Um but yeah, the the action sequences near the end. This movie gets anime as fuck in a lot of moments. I my only critique is uh, I leaned over to Tim and I wish that some of the jets were like color coded, so you could know they not only who the tail wings a little the, the 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 rudders a little bit, but not enough. I'm right there with you. Yeah, like I I just to and it, it's not really that I have because I'm having trouble following the action. It's more that like. It, it would just add it, it would just add more to the animeness of it if we yeah, saw like Maverick's like stripes on his wings, you know, or something like that. Um, yeah, this movie kicks ass. This movie needs to be watched in a gigantic theater with a big ass screen and big sound. Um, it is. It had me just super tense in a lot of the action sequences near the end. This is like goddamn. This is Tom Cruise at his strongest, and we've seen him absolutely kick ass the last Mission Impossible movies. Um, this movie rules. Absolutely worth it. Please go watch this movie. Support it. Snowbike Mike. This movie is phenomenal. No doubt about it. These guys have hit all the key points. But truly and honestly, going into it, I didn't think that you could create a sequel and actually have it live up to the hype and the awesomeness that the first one was after decades. But they found a way. And I love all the touchstones, the callbacks that we'll get into during the plot where you just smile and you're like, oh, snap, they're doing that. That's a lot of fun. And it's a new generation, right? I think they did a really good job at diving into the new class of Top Gun and really showing off all the differences and the diversity of this team, right? I think in the first one, when we look at it, you really only get to zoom in on a couple of pilots. This one, I felt like they nailed a lot of the pilots and really made us care. And it's adrenaline pumping. There's risk involved. It had me on the edge of my seat. And there's some really powerful and impactful moments, even during the slow parts, that make you involved and engaged on that. And I really, really loved every single moment of this. The soundtrack did miss Take My Breath Away, which was a big miss for me. That was my favorite song of the first one. But 
Lady Gaga, as I like to say, only crushed it at the end credits. Absolutely took that away and blew that one out of the water. And, uh, yeah, this is really special. I can't wait to get into the plot, but I'm blown away with how good this one was. So good that I saw it twice in a row in the movie theater, as many people know, listening and watching. I like to watch movies on my phone. No, no. I spent four hours in the movie theater last night. That's incredible. I, I love te- it. I texted Mike last night. I was like, what do you think of Top Gun? And he goes, me and Earl the Squirrel just got in our flight <laughs> suits and we're going back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. That's, that is that is the mark of excellence with something like Mike. No, I mean, dude, for me, too. I, I saw this movie a couple days ago, uh, and I thought that there was – I thought I was going to enjoy it, but I thought there was no way I was going to be interested in watching it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I'm the type of person that likes watching the Marvel movies multiple times, but that's because mm-hmm. I'm looking for Easter eggs. I'm looking for – you know, the, the fun extra stuff, because I'm me, I needed to watch this movie again. And now that I've seen it again, I think I need to watch it a third time. Uh, this is my favorite movie of all time. I'm standing by it now. I wow. fucking love this thing, because it's everything I could have wanted. I think that they absolutely nailed the legacy aspects of it. They upped the ante. This is a, just a fantastic action movie, front to back. I think that the weakest part of it, by far, is the love story. Oh, I don't. Th- yeah. I think it's serviceable. I don't think it's that bad. It never really gets in the way too much. I think that there are moments of it that I like. I like the the, the jokes they have with the kid and some of the relationship stuff there. I, I just don't love that they ended on it. I feel like the end of this movie is so good. And to have the final moments be kind of like about the weakest part of the movie is honestly the one criticism I have. Otherwise, I think they just committed full tilt to what this is. And I appreciate so much, like anyone that's watched us do these reviews, like, I jokingly uh, hit up Mike and Andy after I had watched this. I'm like, yo, we had we have in, we have reviewed 312 movies on in review, which is absolutely insane to think about. And one common through line for me is I love when a movie comes back and fixes the problems of the old one and like finds all the ways to take bad things and turn them into pure hype. And this movie does uh, to Top Gun one what Fast Five did to Fast 1 through 4. It does what Cobra Kai Seasons 1 through 4 do to the Karate Kid franchise. Like, it takes everything we love about them and just distills it into just pure perfection and just the best version possible. I honestly think that this movie is going to ruin my experience with a lot of different movies going forward. Like, I can't imagine a Star Wars dogfight ever living up to anything that this movie can offer. And that is insane. Like, the trench run of the Death Star, the final battle of Return of the Jedi, those are some of the most hype uh, action sequences of this ilk I've ever seen. And this just crushes those. This crushes some of my favorite movie moments of all time. And it's because they set the stakes up perfectly. They The whole entire movie is designed around one crazy action sequence, and they make us believe in the stakes of it. So hard and every single thing that they do they just keep upping the ante there's about five times through this movie where i'm like what are they going to do after this and then they have an amazing answer they always have an amazing answer and there are multiple moments of this where i feel like the last third of this movie you just don't see coming and it is the most incredible thing ever but for this whole thing to start off the way that it does with the most beautiful going back to um okay thank you I, mean, I need to move my car. This sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, 
for it to, to start off with the the, the the Top Gun, we get the theme, they throw in Danger Zone, they're like, yo, greatest hits, let's get him out of the way, because yeah. Tom Cruise needs to be the fastest man alive. <laughs> and when they do this shit, they set it up as if the plot of this movie is going to be man versus machine, drones are going to take over. Guess what? Tom Cruise solves that in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we're better than machines. Fuck the that battle's plot. over. <laughs> we're doing more. This movie is absolutely incredible. I have nothing for glowing things to say, and I can't wait to keep talking to you. I am going to go move my car, though. Uh, so, yeah, keep talking. And then get I on think, I think we need a sequence here uh, that we edit in that is, uh, you know, in the style of the opening of this movie in the original Top Gun. But it's Tim just moving his car. Moving his car. So it's yeah. like the, the people, they're like, yeah, this way, yeah, bring it over here. And then and they give Tim the, the thumbs up, and then he pulls away. Up. Yeah. Listen, uh, I will drive I will drive over up. to Tim's house right now. We all have to meet there. And we can do we can do that after way. this and then you can you my, Matt will give you the footage. And you can you can put I that in there. It. And you know I'm I know K Log. I'm sure he could uh he'll give us the go ahead. Oh, you really you think we'll get the full right? I think oh, he'd nice. be okay with it. Nice. I, I do want to say like to, to back up Tim's point, like one of the the only thing that I'm really disappointed with the movie, the thing that kinda keeps it from being what everything that I wanted it to be was that love story. I yep. felt like that was shoehorned in. Yeah. Uh, and this is no disrespect to Jennifer Connelly, uh, who did a great job. But I actually, I don't think they had great chemistry. I really wish they had just been friends. The idea that they brought her back and she's the, the Peggy Benjamin from, from, from the lore of the Admiral's daughter from the two lines they mentioned. The, 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 the okay. Did yeah. you not get to catch that? No, no, I didn't. So, like, the whole time, and that was my big complaint, too. And, and really, that doesn't forgive the, the no. performance and how it's written. Um, because they do, and this is probably, like, my biggest pet peeve, the thing I hate the most in movies, is when they treat a character like you know who they are. Yeah. yeah. Like, the whole time. I'm sitting there like, did I miss, like, a fucking tie-in comic book or something? Like, who, <laughs> no, who is Jennifer so Connelly? They and never so, mention, I don't think they ever mention her last name, or if they do, it comes yeah. very quickly. But there's two scenes in the very first Top Gun, right, where Goose makes mention to uh, to the Admiral's daughter. It's in, like, the first, like, mm-hmm. 15 minutes of the movie. And then later, Meg Ryan, when they're sitting at the table... Uh, when he's playing Great Balls of Fire, talks about Penny Benjamin and how that, yeah. like, almost ended Maverick's career. But those were intended to be sort of filler, fun, like, fleshing right. out his backstory. They never intended for that character to be anything more than just a fun anecdote about how reckless and careless Maverick was in his youth, which goes back to back up him having to actually, you know, be a leader and, and, and be a good wingman. Mm-hmm. The fact that they brought her back in, I don't mind it either way. The disappointing aspect of it was I didn't feel like they had great chemistry as lovers. I thought I was like, oh, these two read to me as old acquaintances that I really wish they had explored that. I don't love when they shoehorn love stories into to movies. Um, and I don't, and I think we're just beyond that at this point. I think it's actually okay for like a male lead and a female lead to just have an, yeah, a friendship relationship. Friends, yeah. But what the, the bigger disappointment was that it took valuable screen time for what I felt was should have been the heart of the story, which was Miles Teller and, and Tom mm-hmm. Cruise's relationship. So the Rooster Maverick relationship was one that I was like, we're an hour into this movie. They've had like two scenes together. They haven't even they haven't had a moment to really chop it up. I had hoped that they would have resolved the issue, which the issue itself I thought was very, very poorly done as well. The him, he's like, oh, I, I stopped him from going to flight school for four years, and he was like, I'll never forgive you for this. I'm like, how about you killed his dad? Maybe that would have been slightly right. more of a, of a thing that he could have resented you for. But I just thought that I would have liked to have seen them, because I thought they had good chemistry on screen together, bond a little bit more. And I wanted them, like, hanging out, drinking a beer, talking about Goose. I wanted him talking about all the things that he had, like, Maverick had failed him. 
you know, over the years. We don't really get that. We get that sort of at the end, and it's very fulfilling there. But I'm like, where was that? Because the Maverick Goose connection in the first one I thought was so pretty it much the was core the heart of the, of the film. Movie. It really yeah. was. Um, and that, but aside from that, I think. I think that would have led to a little bit more of the fun factor as well. But I think the scenes we get with everyone else where they're jiving each other and giving each other shit, I wanted more of that too. I wanted yeah. more of the just the pilots being assholes. I wanted more of, of the dynamics between these, like, the best of the best coming to. Like, I love the line, granted, it's from the trailer, like, hey, where Phoenix goes, we're the best pilots in the world. Who the fuck are they going to get to train us? And then you see, you see the same shot of Maverick. I mean, the similarities of these movies are great. Like, they, yeah, you can tell that, that, that Joseph uh, Kaczynski like, loved the first Top Gun. Because the shot of him holding the, with, with the watch, him holding the, the notepad, not the notepad, the clipboard, walking is the walking exact the same shot yeah. as Charlie yeah. walking yeah. to the class. Uh-huh. And it's so fucking perfectly done. Anyway, go see this movie. It's great. Go see this damn movie, man. All right, without further ado, let's get to the plot. Oh, a word from our sponsors? Uh, you know what? Let's take a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies. And then, boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here are kind of funny. I love being stopped head to toe in the micro-modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, Let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool, too. they got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles, and sizes extra small to 4XL. So you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers. You can get 15% off if you sign up for their free-to-join membership. You can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Tell them Tim Gay sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings accounts. Uh, so, what are you waiting for? Hopefully, not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KFGames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. Games. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? You don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail. Credit Karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence. I love Credit Karma. I've been using it for years to check my credit profile, make sure everything is good and on the up and up. Uh, credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers, so you can be sure you're exploring 
all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Now let's get to the plot. She's just going to fade out. Oh, I wish we had to read the slack. I told you the slack. I didn't know if you were going to just end it. You said, and I quote, I'm going to play the Top Gun theme. I was like, I'll listen to you play the theme all day, bro. Yeah. And then, I said, and then I'll start getting quiet, and then you pop in. I didn't read that far. <laughs> no, no. I, I wish we had the bell, like that that like gong that goes off oh, every five minutes in this so movie. Good. It's so fucking oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Top Gun Maverick. On March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. I don't know if they changed that one. Probably people who graduated. Uh, they succeeded. Today, the Navy calls its fighter, it fighter weapons school. The Flyers call it Gong Top Gun. Yeah. Maverick. <laughs> I, I was not so expecting this. Right, at all. I, I thought it was like a prank. I was like, are they just going yeah. like part of the first movie? And I, they just reshot everything. <laughs> they reshot the entire intro and I and with 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 the same theme and then Danger Zone kicks in as the plane's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at Tim and I was like, did they just remake the first Top Gun? And Tim's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm all for it. That's uh, fucking great. This sequence was this, beautifully shot. Um, it's missing. The Color. grain yeah. and the the the, the sort of contrast graphics, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but and, I, and, I think and in I, the last, like the very last shot, I love that they they mirror like the the shakiness of like someone like hand holding it, like a clearly like it was like on sticks. But then like in the original, at the very end, they just like somebody like nudges it and they just leave it in because they're like this is all the, this is all the great footage we got. And they, they do it again here too. Tim, I might have missed this in the uh, when you were going over the facts of the Furious, but do they shoot this on film or was this digitally acquired? Uh, do you remember? Uh, well, it must be digital because this is it's all digital, it's right? all IMAX. Yeah. So like the uh, entire thing was shot with well, like insane IMAX cameras. So I guess it, yeah. it could have been cool, but it was the, it was the 6K IMAX cams, which I think are the digital. Okay, because I could have sworn the first because the rest of the movie looked really really clean, and granted they can take grain out of film, but this first part I was like, I wonder if they shot just this first part on film because it still looked a little dirty. And it looked, I mean, I don't know, very, very well done. Is it, is it, is it treading on well-worn territory? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're about to cut over to this, uh, to Tom Cruise, right? He's got this cool hanger, right? And he's got it on, he's got this guy, March, whatever, time to break, Mach 9. And he just knocks it, right? He gets that little knock. And then, of course, we see uh, pictures of Rooster when he was young, pictures of Miles Teller, uh, and then, of course, Miles Teller, like, full adult with incredible mustache and slash blonde hair. Uh, And then then we see pictures of uh, him and and Goose, Anthony Edwards from, uh, no, Anthony Edwards. Yes, Anthony yeah. Edwards. From the original movie. Um, he heads over to the, 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 the facility, and oh my god, Hondo's there. And by the way, Hondo played by, I wrote the address in Bashir, some, Bashir, uh, 
Salahuddin uh, is incredible. I love him in this. He's like, look, dude, we just got a call from from General from Admiral Kane. We're shut down. And Maverick's like, bullshit, bro. I've had a Hell long no story career. Yeah. They can't kick me out of this thing. And he's like, the Admiral's on his way. And he goes, but he's not here yet. And, of course, the stakes are set. If they're shut down, everyone loses their job. Hey, a little – when you start peeling back layers of this stuff, you're like, they still work for the Navy. They'll just right. get another job. It's not like everyone gets fired. These are all people that are enlisted. So, like – I can't imagine they're like, listen, you guys are highly specialized human beings in aerial combat and like breaking the sound barrier. You have to go work at a Starbucks now. This There's no dream. more need for you. <laughs> this is their dream project, though. Yeah, Nick. You yeah, can't yeah, rip yeah. them away from their baby, yeah. you know? I Listen, this is my dream. And one day, Tim's going to have to fucking tear me away, kick me and screaming, or do what I, what I assume will always do. He just leaves a trail of Starbucks iced coffees out the door, and you guys shut up behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, Hondo is this guy's name. Which I love. I don't know the, the the significance of it, other than it was Samuel L. Jackson's name in SWAT, and I fucking think that's super cool. Is it time, Tim, to rank the rest of the call signs? Oh, I think we have to. Let's just get it out of the way. Rank the call signs. We're gonna rank the call signs. The call signs. <laughs> good. That Thank you, good. Michael McDonald. <laughs> uh, we have a whole new host of call signs. As you guys know, last week we ranked a ton of these in the original movie. Number one right now, Iceman. Number two, Viper. Number three, Maverick. Number four, Sundown. Number five, Hollywood. I won't waste your time with the rest of these, although they're great. Number five, Wolfman. Wolfman. Hollywood, Wolfman. Wolfman was six, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't know if you were here. Uh, starting <laughs> it off, we're going to start with the bottom of the list, Halo. I don't remember whose character was Halo, but there's a character named Halo, which is a badass name. Halo was – it was uh, the girl, the, the Asian yeah. girl that came. Oh, oh right. Okay. When there was, like, the 12 people that could have right. been uh, – oh, right, right. that could have made yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So um, what do we, we want to put Halo above or below? We'll say Cougar or Jester or Goose. Halo's very low. Well, above well, Chipper or below Chipper? Yeah. Around above, Chipper. Above, say above Chipper. Chipper. We'll go above one above Chipper, Chipper for Halo. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we got Yale, which is a badass name. I'll it's be pretty cool. It's fucking cool. Uh, do we want to put that? I'll start the bidding at around Goose or Merlin. For so Y A L E below Merlin. Yeah, I like below the Merlin. Yeah, I like the college. Okay. Uh, below. Below, okay. Above or below Charlie, Tim? Mm, I, I I'm gonna go below. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be called Charlie then Yale. Yep. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I'm a Princeton man myself, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, you are. I'm a Harvard man myself. Where do we want to put Hondo? Do we like Hondo more than Charlie or less than Charlie? Hondo's yeah. pretty damn cool. I like yeah. Hondo, yeah. yeah. Above or below Cougar? Below. Um, okay. Yeah. What about Slider? Above or below Slider? Okay. Above. Above. Okay. Yeah, I like Hondo. That. like that. Uh, Fritz? I don't know. I don't know whose name was Fritz, but I guess one of the characters' name was Fritz. <laughs> one of the kids again, so. Fritz, yeah. One of those kids, yeah. Put that, put that low. Put that I'll put low. that. Up. We'll put that above Chipper. How about that? That yeah, sounds fair. Sounds about right. Below Halo. Now hey, we're getting into some fun ones. Now, of course, this is this is this is heartbreaking for me, but I got to give this up. Hammer. Where do we want to put Hammer? Dude, I mean, he's really good. good. <laughs> yeah, Hammer's good. I mean, yeah. Above or below Goose. I'm going to say above. above. I think it's, it's I'm going to go above Goose. I'm going to go above Merlin. I'm actually going to go above Stinger. The question is, is Hammer cooler than Wolfman? And I think the answer is yes. I don't – oh, man. 
Here's my thing. I think Iceman is way cooler than Wolfman, and because of that, I'm going to say it's above Wolfman. We're going to put it above Wolfman. Sorry about okay. that. I like that. Outvoted. That's okay. You I are accept it. Wolfman is near and dear. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Warlock. Oh, very cool. It's the opposite of Merlin. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking shit Warlock. about Merlin, but like yeah. Warlock. Warlock is awesome. a cool Merlin. <laughs> we're, dude, I mean, I gotta put, I gotta put Warlock close to the top five. It's gotta yeah. be, yeah. Is I, it cooler I, or I less cool than below Sunday? Viper? Below um, Viper? Yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah. I what think was Viper number four? I was Iceman number, Ice Ice number one, Viper two, Maverick yeah, three. Do you want to yeah. put Warlock at number four? Number three, dude. Number three. Number three. Above Maverick? Maverick are, are coin toss for me. I put I it mean, above Maverick. I'm with Tim. I think above that's Maverick. so cool. Yeah, I think that's just so dope. If my, dude, if you guys start calling me Warlock, Warlock. Like, <laughs> I think okay. he just wants to be called Warlock. Warlock. <laughs> uh, we're getting and into some of the more. Starbucks. Our Starbucks would be dope, actually. Got the, that's got the Battlestar significant. I like that. Matt, Matt Rohrbeck, uh tweeted at me. He said that he wanted his call name. Cold Drew? To be either Cold Brew, which is awesome, so good. or Blockbuster. <laughs> blockbuster is fucking rad. Do you think that blockchain and change? Blockbuster? Yep. Andy, can you make a note? I will be changing my call sign to Venti Ice Coffee, unsweetened, no, 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 no milk at all. You won't all those, read it. All those it doesn't notes. matter. That I'll many notes. notes. <laughs> you won't uh, read the note that I send to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Cyclone up next, which is uh, John Hamm's character. Look. Cool. Dude, I mean, look, again, it is just kind of the generic cool, yeah, but the cool fact that it's John Hamm, it's yeah. like, yo, everything about it, I think uh, Cyclone's actually really, really high. Because I, I, I want, feel like, for I, me, I want to know Cyclone's past. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a Top Gun, too. He was Top Gun. Yeah. Because for me, like, seeing the John Hamm that we get in this movie, it almost has the negative effect, where, like, Goose, I feel like Goose makes Goose cool. But this cyclone, like, you think cyclone, you think wild, it's crazy, it's spinning, it's fast. But this cyclone, very by the book, very straight-laced, similar to, to, like, an Iceman. And so I don't – I feel like he brings it down. But the problem is, you have to go back to remember he was, like – he was the he was the winner of Top Gun in, like, 88, which was only a couple years after Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise. True. So, like, I'm thinking cyclone was a badass back in the day. Me too. But unlike Tom Cruise, he was like, I got to grow the fuck up like Iceman did. Because first off, I love that Iceman is just the admiral now of the entire second fleet of whatever the fuck, wherever the hell they are. Uh, That's incredible. Do we want to put Cyclone above or below Stinger? I say above Maverick. Above Above Maverick? I can't get. I can't go. I can't go above. I say no. I say okay. Okay. Okay, Let's let's go above above Wolfman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Above Wolfman. Above Hammer? Mm -hmm. No. I say no. That would be called Cyclone. You'd rather be called Cyclone? Cyclone and Hammer? Cool. Yeah. What about Hollywood? Above or below? Oh, Hollywood? I love Hollywood. Come on. We're going to put that below Hollywood. Okay. Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Come on. Hollywood's that's, a badass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we got Bob. Yo, <laughs> Bob. Bob's like, Number one. Dude, Bob's one of those ones no. where that, like, that joke could have really not worked, but it fucking did it because did, yeah. of that dude. Like, they really, oh. they, they, they played it out in a perfect way. I don't know how high I can rank. I'll put him right below Goose. I'll put him on board. That shit yeah. killed me, bro. That shit killed me. Oh, I'm going to put it below Goose for now. I feel like He's I can't be put him That's below Goose. Nobody wants to call Bob in the battlefield. You don't want to put him on. I'll put Bob right below Goose. Uh, by the way, the guy that the actor that played that is Bill Pullman's son. 
I don't know if you know. Oh, wow. Like, I saw his last name pop up. It's like Bob. Because, you know, they do the, the cool, like, hey, what's up? I'm mugging to the camera for a second. Yeah. And they have the actor's name. It said something saying Pullman. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's related to Bill Pullman. It is Bill Pullman's son. And you start looking at him, you're like, oh, Bill Pullman, of course, the president, Mike, from Independence Day. Remember? Mm. Like, okay. Today we celebrate Probably Independence there, You know? What's that? Some nepotism there. Maybe he wasn't actually the top gun. Just his dad was the president. I mean, that's how I got this. That's a good call sign, nepotism. Uh, next up, we got Fanboy, which is kind of what it uh, is. What it is. Which, fun, fun fact here about uh, Fanboy. I went to the theater with the one and only Gino Viteri. Went to high school and elementary school with uh, Daniel Ramirez, who played Fanboy. Wow. wow that's cool. cool. He's also in uh, Winter Soldier, right? Yep. Falcon mm-hmm. Winter yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. This like, they would have shot this, though, before Falcon Winter Soldier. So, yeah, he definitely looks uh, a bit younger. Yeah. I, 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 like fan, I like it, but I feel like they didn't do anything in the movie yeah. to, to, yeah, to justify that name. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to put it below Slider, above Charlie. I'm putting it a little bit okay. below. Cool with that. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, next up, we have Payback. I mean, hey, fuck you. Uh, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so yeah. dope. That's so cool. Uh, I would put Payback... For sure above Merlin, for sure above Stinger, is it better than Wolfman and Hammer? I'll put it maybe one above Wolfman. How do we feel about that? I'd go above Hammer. Yeah, I'd go above okay. Hammer. But does it break above Cyclone? The, no. Cyclone. Okay. There it's cool. There's so. something about, like, you know, we're going to get to Phoenix, right? And I think Phoenix yeah. is, on the, is on the Cyclone level in terms of, like, it's a cool noun but payback is a verb, and that's cool. Yeah, like, that makes it so much yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Where do we want to put Phoenix then? Because Phoenix is next up on the list. Phoenix is up. Really? Yeah. That, that, that high middle, that high middle for sure. Phoenix high middle. is a badass name. I go low middle because I think that it, 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 we have to look at it of how badass is the name and what did they do with it. I feel like yeah. it's a badass name and it didn't live up to its expectations yeah. for me. So I put it. She, I like, she, she, she was badass. She, great she was badass. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel she's like great. comparing it to the name Phoenix, like, yeah. I don't think she did anything that was Phoenix-like. Mm. Right. Also, you know what I mean? She said, oh, you're my backseat instead of my Rio. And my I felt Rio. a little bit there. Rio. I, was like, yeah. I liked Rio, but yeah. backseat is cool, too. But, like, That's the Rio's cool. way cooler, you know. Real where cool. do we want to put – so, you, above or below Wolfman is where below. I'm going to on this Below one. Wolfman. Below above or below Stinger. Above. It's, a, it's above, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm put it right there. Yeah. Perfect. Happy you guys are – we're crushing this. You know what's yeah. funny is, like, when we do these lists without Greg, <laughs> He's so you know what I mean? Better. Yeah, so much fucking easier. Efficient. God. Uh, all right. Hangman. Where do we want to put Hangman? Hangman. Like like Go for it, It's the logo for me. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's you yeah. made that ass. It's the oh, fact that, like, the A yeah. is missing and, like, stuff to look, make it look like an actual Hangman game. That's kind of what does it for me. We're like, I don't necessarily love the name. I love the dude as an asshole. He's I love the good. dude yeah. as they somebody They give you a good who, line, too. Yeah, uh, I love the dude as somebody who kind of comes got the back drive. and yeah. makes it all better. Like, he just killed it, dude. I would say I would say I'd put as a, as a name as a character all jazz easily top above or below Cyclone. Where do you want to go? See, here's the thing: I think Cyclone is infinitely cooler than Hangman. Yeah, but they fucking for what I just said, Phoenix didn't and Fanboy didn't do. They did with Hangman. They nailed like, it. It was yeah. pitch perfect. I think it has to be high because the actor was great. The storyline was. 
perfectly teed up. And goddamn, I don't think I've ever felt that excited in a movie theater. Like, it was Captain America dead Mjolnir <laughs> when fucking Hangman. Wow. Let's put, let's put Hangman, well, let's put him above Cyclone then. How about above or below Hollywood? What do we feel? I just think Hollywood's just. I want to be Hollywood Hollywood so cool. So we'll, put, we'll put Hangman right below Hollywood. All right, finally we got Rooster. Where do we want to put Rooster? I'm kind of torn, man. Like I love it, but I just I just love it. I'm not yeah, like yeah. fucking obsessed. I mean, with it. There's a lot of birds, you know. There's a lot of yeah. birds they could have gone with, and I, you know, Rooster. Well, it's kind of sound favorite. like goose. It's right. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I prefer like duck. Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> duck. Foul. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I'll let someone yeah, else choose not this not one. Not the best. Probably towards the middle low. Middle low for sure. Like, Let's go above or below Goose. I'd rather love Rooster than Goose. Really? Okay. Oh, oh, no. Rooster's bad. I like when they were like, he's always sitting there waiting for his time, but his time never comes. And I was like, oh, that shit's so live, bro. All right. That's actually yeah. that's 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 cool. You want to be over? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> All right. We'll put him right above dear old dad. At, I love it. There you go. It turns out, ladies and gentlemen, the top five did not change. We got, oh, no, we did change. I'm sorry. Number yep. one, Iceman. Number two, Viper. Number three, Warlock. Number four, Maverick, and number five, Sundown, followed by Hollywood, Hangman, Cyclone, Payback, Hammer, Wolfman, and Phoenix rounding out the top ten. I don't Hell yeah, that dude. That's that the coolest list we have ever had on this show. That's pretty badass. <laughs> and now, back to the plot. Plot, 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 Andy. I lost my window. Where did it go? Where did it go? Uh Thank you. <laughs> oh, we're still in the testing facility, right? So, of course, uh, as, editor, yeah. as Hammer pulls up, uh, the plane takes off. And this plane is just super cool, right? They make a lot of mention of fifth-gen fighters, all these things. This looks like a stealth bomber. I'm not quite sure yeah. what it's set up. It's like the PS5 of planes. Yep. You know? yep. So cool. And, of course, Maverick takes it up. Easier hits Mach get. 9, blows right past gotcha. that. Uh, and then approaches Mach 10 as Ed, as Ed Harris watches. Uh, and then he hits a Hold Mach on. 10. So, this scene, you're speeding through it. This is one of the greatest movie openings of all fucking time, and there's so much about it that's cool, because him taking off when the dude pulls up and he, like, gets out of the car, and then the the plane he flies over, the fucking top that, off that was practical. In that shot, practical in one take, because they yeah. didn't mean for the that building, for that, like, for, for that building for to the roof to yeah. fall out. So they're and like, so they, I guess that's the shot. That's it, yeah. And, like, no, just watching that scene, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, I be- of everybody, I believe that Harris would just sit there and just stand and, like, not not flinch at all through that. Oh, that <laughs> was, was yeah. incredible. That was well, badass that he did that. I did not realize that was practical. I was like, oh, that's one of the CG things that they must have done, right? That was insane. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, that being followed up with the most, like, they just start this movie off with the most anime shit ever, and you think, oh, it can't get better than this, and then it does. But, like, it literally defining the rules that we need them. Okay, Mach 9's on the calendar. That's what he has to hit. And immediately, like, no, 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 9's not going to be getting that Mach. We need you to go to 10. And then the guy's like, no, 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 don't go above 10, though. I know you. Don't yep. go above 10. They just set it up so perfectly for Tom fucking Cruise to just do his thing and wow us all. Like, I believe in magic oh. when I watch this scene. <laughs> so he goes, cool. I also, know that face. And he goes, this is the only face I got. And it's like, oh, he's going to do something. He's going to do something. And I this, love, the way I that this also, like, calls back to the original movie in, like, a very, like, tasteful way. Like, it's not corny where... Again, we're starting out, like, showing off who Maverick is, 
and him being like maximum maverick, like with his ego and him going over Mach 10, but also in that he's doing this for somebody else. He's doing it for all these people so that they don't have to work at Starbucks, right? Well, he's, like, uh, he's doing it for proof to pilots, right? Like that's the yeah. thing too, is he's proving to the military that pilots still need to be there and that's an underlying theme as well exactly but and then yeah just like in the first one he's saving uh cougar's life but also he's showing off all he does and he gets in trouble but he's it's just so good he's so and and also just the cinematography like the those shots um showing massive skyscape and it's just this little tiny ship making that big kind of curve like Uh oh it's just so good dude i also love the the meta like they don't really call attention to it but when he needs to go a little bit faster, he just pitches the plane downward to like let gravity take him just a little bit faster. And they just happen like that little that little bit of like that beautiful shot of just him just kind of pushing it. He's like, ah, pushing it just a little bit, and then everything goes nuts all at once. Yeah. And then the whole screen just goes dark for for the comm center for like HQ. Incredible. Oh, also, incredible. what is the name? What is the name of this place? It's a super badass name. Yes, Star. You're clear to take it. And when they say that, it's like, oh, this oh, is badass. Yeah. And that reminds- final scene when it blew up, like, people in the audience were wow. They were like, oh, like, you could see it and you were blown away by how beautiful Dude, that shot was. No, straight up. I mean, it, it was like watching Last Jedi for the first time. And when there's the the moment where they do the the, the cuts through and yes. the Star Destroyer thing, it was like that. Now. And I yeah. did not expect that from a fucking Top Gun movie. But literally, it is like, take your breath away. Like, we didn't need the song because they just fucking did the action. Yes. Like, it was so powerful. And, like, the score behind it was just so, like, it felt like the ultimate sacrifice end of a movie moment. But they're just like, no, nah, man, we're going into this. And when it builds up and you see him going faster and faster, and then you have the it cuts to the guy, he's like, He's the fastest man alive. Fuck <laughs> 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 yeah, he is. <laughs> so cheesy and perfect. God, perfect. Um, a lot of the shots here reminded me of uh, Bath. You'll remember this. The the movie that uh, what's his butt did after La La Land, First Man, I think it was what it was called, where he played. Oh Nine yeah, Gosling. Yeah. Yeah, and he just had it had a lot of that same like just shots of the horizon, shots of like the the stratosphere, like because I think that was about him flying higher or whatever. But this was beautiful sequence. Of course, it ends with. Uh, all the screens going black, and then uh, we see someone walk down a road, and Maverick walks into a random diner. Uh, it was in, called in no- Cecil's Diner, named after Kevin Stock. It's, yeah, it's like a movie fact. I love that. Uh, I also want to I want to shout out to the fact that uh, whatever this plane was, and I'm sure it's a real plane, uh, reminds me a lot of there used to be an old uh, supersonic. Uh, spy plane called the SR-71 that used to be stationed out at March Air Force Base in Riverside where I grew up. And I used to, my dad took me out to see it a bunch of times. It looked very much like this. Very, 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 very long. Just all engine. Uh, and I think one of the Transformers was a, was a, a Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Starscream. The, the fact, uh, what's that? Was it Starscream? Uh, it might have been. No, no, no. Starscream was a, was a, I think he was an F-14. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was an F, sorry. He was an F something. The yeah, SR-71 was like, this is, it's called, it was called the Blackbird. It was just this crazy oh. ass, like, oh, it was Jet older Storm. guy. Jet Storm. Jet Storm, that's what it was, yeah. Jet Fire. Anyway, super sorry. cool. I'm being anyway, this plane looks like it's, uh, <laughs> it's a spiritual success. Jet Wash. That. <laughs> uh, Maverick walks in, uh, points at a glass of water, and then asks, "Where are we?" And this little kid at the bar, just a great little performance, just goes, "Earth." <laughs> everybody laughs. Bro. Everybody yeah. laughs. Fucking great. Kind of cheesy, but but that's the so thing. Good. Yeah. No way. This movie, like, it knows it's cheesy, and it has to be cheesy to succeed. And I, I feel like the the cheesiness combined with the endearing moments of like him reaching out for the water, like. It, it's believable 
cheesability, you know, and I'm here for it. Me too. Uh, of course, this does not go over well with Admiral Hammer, who is uh, like, listen, man, I would end your career right now. You're, you've been saved by Iceman over and over again, but this, I would end your career if not for the fact that we need you one last time. we got an operation going over on, I think they call it like North Island or something like that. Oh, it had a cool yep. code name for it. And he's like, he's like, I hate to do this, but you got to go back to Top Gun. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, of course, we saw the original uh, Maverick motorcycle as he was driving to break Mach 9. And this time, he gets an updated version of the, uh, the, the, the Kawasaki that he drove, the Ninja that he drove, uh, which is just badass. And he's driving once again over in Miramar, San Diego. That's in California, in an, Tim. In an updated version of the theme, too. That's, that's the right. Theme. Which, which if you want to, let's talk about the music in this. Because I'm, I'm of two minds on this. Mm-hmm. I love hearing the theme. I love the first-time use of Danger Zone. But what I miss is the other 15 times they should have used Danger Zone in this, and they didn't do that. And it's missing one person in particular that I feel like instead of – I mean, this is no disrespect to Lady Gaga. I love her work very much. Uh, Enjoyed watching the documentary Super Bowl performance a few years back. Mm -hmm. One of the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Very much admire her. But if I had to pick between Lady Gaga, who is – Obviously, a very, very, still very relevant, incredibly high-level working musician today, or Kenny Loggins, who I have to assume is playing uh, fairs around the country. Mm-hmm. I would have picked K Log. Why did they K-Log. not get an original song from K Log in this? Yeah. Beyond, very beyond me. Yeah. Like, do you even know your audience, Tom Cruise? Jesus. I think they hit their quota for Danger Zone in the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> they went overboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have gone over there there a was a couple times. moments, like you bring that up, Nick, like when they're at the bar, right, the first scene, and Hangman goes to the jukebox, could have been a great moment for Danger Zone. But they yeah. didn't play Danger Zone. You thought it was coming, and then it didn't. And then, you but know, that, but been that's the Because is, is Danger Zone a song in the universe of Top no. But Great Balls of Fire is. The Great Balls about, of Fire yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're about to get to that because, of course, he goes to the hard deck, which is the ba- the Great coolest name. name for a bar ever. Yeah. And honestly, this bar looks like it's a real bar, and I hope it's a real bar. And I hope they made that bar after Top Gun, and it was inspired by Top Gun. But, of course, that bar is run by none other than Admiral's daughter. Oh, actually, I think he reports to uh, to a Cyclone first, and Cyclone's like, I don't want you here, but whatever. We'll get to that in a second. Admiral's daughter, uh, Penny Benjamin which was a random one-off reference in the first movie that was never intended to be a fleshed-out character. But I'm glad someone pitched Jennifer Connelly on this so hard. They got her in this movie, and I'm so glad they did, because she is awesome. Uh, the, do I so believe this, that she runs this bar? No. No, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. The, so this the is way interesting, because uh, when, I, when I watched it the first time, and I was just kind of like, I don't know who this is, and it, I'm right there with you, Matt, where it felt like we're supposed to know who she is, and I thought that that was weird. But Nick leaned over to me last night. I was just like, yo, that's, it's the Admiral from the first one. I was like, oh, okay, I do remember that offhanded whatever comment. Um, and I'm right there with y'all. This is like not the best part of the movie, but I do think that Jennifer Connelly is an inspired choice for the actress. Like just, she represents that era so well, even though she wasn't in the first movie, like it fits, it works. And like, it feel, it has that kind of reverence for the eighties in a way that I think is, is pretty she, cool. She definitely elevates the movie. I just wonder if she elevates it a little too much because I almost feel like the scene she's in, she's I'm like, you guys got Jennifer Connelly for this? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Sorry, Mike, you had your hand up. Oh. See, I'm on the opposite side of all of you. I actually really liked this love interest, and I, I, I could feel – I liked the flirtation nature, uh, nature that they both had. I think you could feel the vibes, the flirting, and I liked the story that we got of, of course, Maverick and who he's been and what he's done and kind of the backstory with her and their relationship of, like, 
you were here with me. Then you had to leave and go on to the next one and the next one, right? And then kind of rooster looking at him of like, you know, you are Maverick. You have no one. You don't have a family. You don't have a wife, right? And then, like, I liked their relationship building up to Tom Cruise looking at her going, I'm going to stay. I'm here, right? And then, of course, he gets the moment where it's like, I'm going out again. Like, I got to go, you know? But, like, I actually really liked this love interest. I think it built up. It wasn't as good, of course, as the line of, it's going to get complicated, but right. it was still very good. I, I actually am on the opposite side. I liked these two together. Um, of I course. enjoyed it, too, especially, like, the same moment with the callback that we had just seen of, like, don't make that face, and, like, so, you know, like, he's, like he's smiling, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you could just tell that this is an old flame that she doesn't want to recommit to because she's had her heart broken before. I'm with Mike. I I liked it more than I didn't, for sure. Um, I think I, for 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 this, like it for me, it was just built on like this foundation of a lie to me of like I don't know who this is. Like you you just said one line. This wasn't a real character, and I think Jaycon like gives a solid performance all around. But 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 it, it's just always in the back of my head where I'm like I don't know you. And then this opening scene where they talk to her, Andy like she's acting. And I think maybe like the Applebee's <laughs> commercials that have been running during the playoffs have really messed with me. Where this this place feels like an Applebee's with this crowd. And you know and why? Then, because of the way it was lit. That was yeah. that was the only that was a kind of a thing that took me out of it. Was she's lit so perfectly in this that yeah. like if you remember that like the bar he goes into when he first meets Kelly McGillis. It's like darker. It's kind of mm-hmm. seedier. It's got there's no there's like a haze in the environment because people were smoking butts back then. And this one, she really does look like she's about to sell you a blooming onion or whatever yeah. they sell it at Applebee's. It kind of comes off like 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 Top Gun light a little bit. Um, not we need again, smoke. We need people ripping heaters. There's one shot of someone sweating in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Let, that. No. No. Let, we're not enough. I mean. Yet. We're, there's one. I feel like there's one scene that's got all the sweat. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Yeah, you sweating bullets at one point. But the, yeah, we, the way that she talks to him too is like it's just like uh, Ed Helms in the office in Threat Level Midnight, where he's playing the generic bartender of like, "Hey, my old buddy, what's got you down?" type of thing. And yeah, it felt like that instead of you know, like an old flame that he actually knew. Like, I was like, are they tricking me? Who, it's, who is this person? It's, it's one of those where, like, again, I wish it had been just a friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. It's also really, really, really hard to write that backstory where there was none and have the two characters who probably don't know each other very well in real life, like, have that camaraderie. That's why, like, specifically when you have a cast of people that you want to become, like, famously when they shot Goonies, right, uh, uh, Richard Donner had all the kids, like, hang out and live together for, like, a month in a motel and party so that they had that that feeling of, like, we are actually have bonded as friends and have history together. This one felt like this might have been the first time they had met the, during this scene. Maybe they had talked a couple times before that. And the dialogue didn't help too much. I almost wish it had been like, oh, I remember you from a long time ago, but we didn't really know each other. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because I think they were like, well, let's, put a, let's try to put as much heart in this as possible and have this person be a real person, like a real character, as opposed to... So a lot of the other 80s um, love interests that are just kind of placeholder for, 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 for the, the protagonist. Um, I skipped the scene, though. It's an important scene where John Hamm's like, hey, here's the mission. We have this uranium plant in this nondescript enemy country so that this movie can play everywhere 
in the world and not piss off the Russians or the Chinese or the it's, any of the people that we may or may not have beef with these days. I would uh, have liked if they would have like retconned uh, the first one and they just make up a country. They're just like they just just a brand new country and they're evil and that's all you got to know. The same people from the first one. They might as well because they yeah. just refer to our enemy as our enemy uh, and they refer to the fighter pilots or, or the, they don't even say the name of jets in this that the enemies are flying. They just call them fifth gen fighters. So as not to piss off anyone. Which is cooler, though. Like, that's, Andy, that's the anime shit that Andy's talking mm-hmm. about where I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, man. And yeah, this scene and they is look so dope. rad. They look fucking, they look cool. Like, you can just visually tell that those are better and doper and more powerful. But They're just the, the setup of the the dual mountain ranges as, like, the, the trench run we're doing where it's like, cool, there's the zigzag that leads into mm-hmm. the two inclines. And yeah. we need both shots to get perfectly. And I'm like... Y'all have sold me. Thank you. Like, it, this is where the Fast Five stuff comes into this, where it's like, it is the perfect heist, where it's like, there's one thing they need to do that the whole movie is centered around. So we are getting used to all the different elements. So by the time they actually do the course at the end, you're, everything you know they the do, stakes. you know exactly yeah, yeah. what they're doing. You know exactly what the stakes are. It's fucking great. Great uh, line of always, like, it's like, you know, Cyclone here finished top of his class in 88. He's Top Gun. He's like, just so you know. I came in second. That next expectation. Yeah, he's like, I just want to set expectations. Like, Maverick was first. Like, just, you know, I love that line. I just want to set expectations. I also love the line with, uh, I think he has a great rapport with Warlock. You can tell they were like, oh, like okay. old friends. Where he's like, I was uh, I was very surprised to be invited back. And Warlock goes, they're called orders. They're called invitation. <laughs> so good. Uh, these guys these guys shared the screen together. It was great. Uh, of course, they asked him, like, what would you do? He says, I'd do two pairs of fighter jets. you got to have – we have to go old school on this because they have to be able to fly below a certain – they have to basically be able to fly 100 feet above the air. And uh, next-gen jets can't do that. But the old F-18 Hornets can. Uh, so what I would do is grab a bunch of Hornet pilots, train them up, how to do this trench run, and then uh, one shoots – like blows a hole in this thing, and the other person throws a freaking photon torpedo down this this gullet, and he has to turn off his guidance uh, and just use the force as well. Uh, miracle number one, miracle number two is what we'll call these. And Maverick's like, I can do it. He goes, We, oh, you misunderstood me. We don't want you to do it, Maverick. We want you to train the younger, better versions of you to do it. You're going back to Top Gun, of course. He goes to the bar, and that's where the, the big problem here, of course, oh, is the like Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought the same 20 thing. Street Jump Street. Wait, that's <laughs> not right. Uh, and of course, the, the big con- land of contention here is one of the best pilots in the world is, is Goose's son, uh, Bradley Rooster Bradshaw. And Maverick's like, oh, now i got to watch this kid out because I promised his mom I wouldn't let him uh, be in any danger. Anyway, fast forward to the bar. Maverick can't pay his tab. And so Hangman, played by, I forget the actor's name that plays Hangman. Glenn uh, Powell, I think. Glenn Powell. Powell. We I love right. him. Love you, Watson. We meet the whole cast. Star in the making right now. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely. We meet the whole cast. Of course, we meet all all of the the call signs of the 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 new hot young hot shot pilots. Uh, We got the hangman. We got the paybacks. We got the uh, coyote mobs. Coyote Phoenix. All of these people have come, and they have no idea what they're there for. Uh, Phoenix has the great line after Rooster kind of comes in, and you feel like they're friends, but maybe they were more Mm -hmm. at some point. Uh, Yeah, yeah, they had that little playback instead of like maybe they were banging. You know what I mean? You never know. You never know. Bob has the great intro here that oh where he, he like spills the drink on him. So he's, they're like, "When did you get here?" He's like, "I've been here the whole time." And she goes, "Oh, he's a stealth pilot. He's yeah. a stealth bomber pilot." <laughs> and, then, and then and then he says, "No, I actually do this." And like, and it's perfect. Uh, she of course has the banger line where she's like, "What the hell are we doing here? Like, we're the best of the best. Who are they going to get to teach us?" Uh, and then Maverick's watching this whole thing happen, and he gets thrown out because he can't pay his tab. And apparently, they got a lot of rules in this bar with a small sign. Yeah, and I have to imagine oh, people yeah. are starting fights. I like that. I like that. I, like I 
You know what gives me anxiety, guys? If we can if we can pull back the curtain a little bit on old Nick Scarpino. I know Andy, I know that I come <laughs> off as this cool dude, super well yeah. put together, never loses my shit at all. I would walk into this bar and see the 300 Navy and Air Force and all these people in there and the one bartender, and I would go, yeah. no. Later. No. Nope. This is going to take yeah. me fucking four hours to get a drink. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's not Nick, why aren't, you wearing, why, why aren't you wearing aviators, by the way? Because uh, I can't see through them to read. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we pause really quick? Because you glossed over towards Miles Teller showing up, <laughs> who looked incredible right off the rip. Like, he gets out of that out of that truck, and it's just like, oh, man, this man is tanned and toned. Yes. Mustache summers all around. This y'all. outfit, that dude, that he's great. rocking. Bro. He says, fuck a flight suit, dude. I'm in a Hawaiian <laughs> t-shirt, man. Yeah. In, in that old school Ford Bronco, like the redone yeah. Ford Bronco. Oh. So cool. Just screams, I have not a care in the world, and I'm a fighter pilot. It's super cool. Anyway, uh, uh, Hangman throws him out, calls him an old man, and then, of course, has that wonderful Maverick moment the next day when the, when uh, Warlock says uh, who the instructor is, kind of mirrors that the uh, the the gesture moment where he introduces Captain uh, uh, Viper, uh, and he's like, hey, it's going to be Maverick, and the, the look on Hangman's face is like, fuck. It's so good. It's scene all over yeah. again. Yeah. The bar where he's macking on her, just like Hangman throws him out, and then he sees him, he's like, God damn it, you got me, you know? It's like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, of course, uh, Maverick's like, they're like, well, we're the best of the best. What could you possibly train us to do? And he's like, well, we'll see. Uh, I think he has he does great... The great. He does the great thing where he has the manual, and he's like, this is the manual for, for the mm-hmm. plane. Everything you need to know is in here. Throws it in the trash, and the enemy knows it, too. It's so yeah. good. I was, I was just like... Uh, he has, he, yeah, I love that part. And yeah, he follows that up with something where they're like, what, what could you possibly teach us? And he says something cool. And I can't remember what it was. Is this the third time where he says, point. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to find your breaking point. And I'm going to take you past it. Cause that's what the enemy can't do. Cause it's the person inside the box. And that's like, what it was. Oh, yeah, bro. bro. It's the person inside the box. box. Yeah. Is this the was, first time you. that he says it's not the plane, it's the pilot? That might have been. Um, might have been here, too. But either way, I think that is sort of the ongoing theme of this. We go into our first hop. They don't call it that. They call it a maneuver. Uh, and the first set of planes, I believe, is – I think it's Hangman, and I think it's Phoenix and her Rio. Um, and they make the bet. They're like, I want to make this a little bit more interesting. Old man, we're going to smoke your ass. Whoever whoever gets shot down first has to do 200 push-ups. Now, I'll tell you what, this right now, guys. We're a team here, Andy. I go, I Mike, everyone, I'd die for you guys. Having said that, if you get my ass into a push-up contest like this, I'm not doing them. I didn't agree to this. Right. I didn't agree to this. I was going to radio back to, to, to my house and be like, Nate, are you down for this? I'd be like, no, I'm not doing fucking 200 push-ups. Are you kidding me? Forget about that. Anyway. Spread, it, spread it over like 48 hours, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. This is when the fun begins, right here, right now, is the music kicks on, and he's like, good morning, pilots. Welcome to flight school, right? And you're like, oh, shit. And then they're flying right next to each other. And the best scene is the kickoff where he just shoots through the two of them and, and like, oh, it's fucking them. on from this point forward. <laughs> and then you get a five-minute epic scene of just all this, you know? It's so good. Incredible. Dude, this whole scene, I think, was done so well where we get the bar scene. They introduce us to, like, no less than, like, 15 fucking characters at once. And I remember the first time watching it where I was like, oh, man, I, there's no way I'm going to care about these characters. Like, And I was fucking wrong by the end of it. And I was wrong because of scenes like this. I think they did such a good job of getting right into the action, but treating the action as character moments, right? Like, 
getting us to, to understand the difference between these pilots and how they work as a team, how they aren't perfectly working as a team yet, but they're going to. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, you just, you accomplished what you had to. And what the first one didn't even attempt to do, right? Like the first yeah. one, like Mike mm-hmm. was saying, it's like, yeah, we get a couple people named, but like, that's essentially that's it. it. With that's this, character, yeah. There's connections between them all and they all have relationships with each other and relationships with Maverick now. And I just think that they did a really good job of, uh, from one scene to another, back to back, me going, I don't know that I'm going to care about them, to, oh, I 100% care about all of them. And Hangman is a fucking asshole. He's yeah. a perfect asshole. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> it would have fit in so moments. well in the original Top Gun, and oh, I think like that's, dude, he, that's he like is, my favorite thing oh, about him. He's like Iceman cranked up to 11, which I he, really love. Like yeah. the playback between him and Rooster, you feel it like Maverick and Iceman. Mm-hmm. And there's some really fun moments in this. Like when they first lose and the kids start taking the selfie – over him doing push-ups, and then Hondo yeah. comes back. He's like, y'all were having fun with those selfies, weren't you? And it's like, and oh, everybody's doing push-ups. <laughs> um, of course, uh, the last group to go is Maverick and Rooster, and they get into a what they call a cobra dive. Yeah. Because Maverick decides to just go to do the inverted thing on him, and oh, he's like, so fuck you, nasty. and starts diving. And they're just diving in a cyclone of badassery. Of course, they break the hard deck. Uh, Cyclone's like, you will not break the hard deck again. Uh, what's up, Andy? Just the most anime sequence, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, the cutting back and forth between both people in the cockpit. You need, to, you need to pull the plane up, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you never cared about me. You're my father, blah, blah. But you, you never cared, blah, blah. And, like, it just keeps on cutting back, and all I need are, like, the colored backgrounds with the squiggly lines. Yeah. Like, yeah. in anime, it, this sequence was so perfectly well done while showing the danger involved in everything because we know 5,000 feet – the hard deck. 5,000 feet is the hard deck. 5,000, yeah. we know, yeah, 5,000 feet is the hard deck, and they are at 300 feet. <laughs> like, yeah. they are pushing it to the fucking limit until they eventually both decide to pull up, and I just, it, they just, well, they do such a great out. job with sort of managing expectations and making sure that you are going to be really wowed and on the edge of your seat knowing that how dangerous this all really is. Important note, too, Maverick pulls up first. Which is yeah, important, he did, right? He did. And that's what's so cool about this is I, I, I think, and, and that's why I wanted more of this character dynamic is that I like the setup for Rooster. Rooster is basically Iceman from the last movie, right? He's not a dick, but he is calculated, and he, but he's not a hothead. He doesn't trust his instincts. He just kind of does. He plays it cool and, and, and keeps it in reserve a little too much. And Maverick, of course, the whole point of him is to teach him how to be, how to just get out of his that analytical part and just react, right? Don't think, just do is what he keeps telling him to do that, um, which I like. Uh, Mike, you had your hand oh, up. It, yeah, this is our first confrontation between Rooster and Maverick, too, which is really, really cool, right? Because he walks in and Rooster kind of shoots him the look and then looks away, right? But this mm-hmm. is the first time where it's like, oh, these two are about to square up and talk. Right. And the coolest is the shot of the planes, right? Because the two are going wing to wing and Maverick is behind him. And they're like, where's Maverick? And he's like, I'm right fucking here. And then he flips on top of Rooster, and then, like, Andy, the inverted, Andy said, right, yeah. now we have the fucking square off where these two are in the devil nose dive, and it's like, this is the epic way to kick off this Dude, relationship right now. The shot of, from the cockpit, Rooster's perspective, of Tom Cruise's fucking plane going inverted above him oh, is, the, is insane. the second coolest shot in this whole movie. I will say, because I will say, I'll just say it right now, the first coolest shot, and this is the one that gave me, like, the feeling of inertia that I, so, it was so hype that I actually looked at Tim, was when Tom, when Tom Cruise takes off in the jet from the carrier, 
and you're just oh. with him the whole time. And he oh, has that middle stutter to yeah. Yes, it's incredible. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable moment of just pure cinematography on that one. But Bad again, like, talking about, like, this this relationship and this dynamic and how they establish it, like, I think it's so important and so cool, the escalation of before they get in the plane, you know, uh, Maverick is like, hey, Bradley, like, he's trying to get his attention and, like, talk to him beforehand, and he doesn't want any of it because they don't do their talking with their mouths on the ground. They do yeah. their talking with their planes in the sky. <laughs> with their $80 million planes in the yeah. sky. Um, of course, Cyc- oh, Cyclone does not like this. He's like, we have a hard deck for reasons for your pilot's safety. And, and Tom Cruise is like, he's like, if you want to make any, like, changes or whatever, it was like, we, he's like, but Tom Cruise is like, well, yeah, but we have to – we have to practice low in our in our defense. We have to practice this going lower because we're supposed to be like 100 feet off the ground for the op. And he's like, that's not yada, yada, yada. You're out of this. you got to do, do a formal thing if you want to do that. Of course, Tom Cruise hands in an envelope right there. That's why he's like, what is this? He goes, it's a formal request to uh, lower the hard deck to like 1,000 feet, <laughs> to which Warlock rolls his eyes. And as they're walking out, he goes, we got to have a conversation about your timing. We get some back and forth here of the pilots realizing that uh, Bradshaw is, of course, Goose, uh, Goose's son, who used to fly with Maverick. We have a little uh, confrontation there. Hangman's just being dicked to get in his head. Hangman, of course. I, I don't know when this happens, but at some point, uh, someone looks at Hangman and is like, you look good. He's like, oh, I am good. Very good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm so badass. <laughs> so good, bro. Uh, fantastic. Um during the training, whole whole sequence, Maverick reunites with Penny. She tells him, "No, we're not gonna we're not gonna go back down this road again." Leaves him at the door. Uh, at one point, we're skipping kind of ahead here because uh, I'm reading off the Wikipedia here, and they don't really have too much here. But uh, at one point, uh, she takes him sailing. I thought this part was fucking great. Yeah. Where she's crushing it on the water, and she's like, "Boy, you're not comfortable with boats. You're in the navy. yeah. You're in the navy." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Dude, I don't like boats at all. I play played but this, which is hilarious." This, this um, whole thing is the stuff that I was like, I think I could have cut it. But didn't need it. Didn't it wasn't need it. Right. again. Nothing was horrible about yeah. it. I just think that how high and amazing the rest of the movie is. Like this is the relationship stuff. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. You're right. And we talked about this a little when you were moving your car. That was that was a big point of contention for me too. Not point of contention, a strong word. Didn't need this. Would have liked to have seen the time spent with these two. With Miles Teller and Tom Cruise, I think they had. I, I'm much more interested in their dynamic than this dynamic. But seeing Jennifer Connelly on screen and, and acting is always awesome. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, the daughter stuff, eh, whatever. Um, they end up. We'll skip ahead. They end up banging eventually because she's like, you know, I'm gonna leave that door open. And Mike, when Jennifer Connelly leaves the door open for you, you gotta watch. I mean, look, great sequence. Great sequence. Fantastic. That's the thing. Is like I, I, I can talk all the shit that I want, but when she leaves that door open, I'm like, this oh. is awesome. And, then, and all dialogue there I thought was so good like yeah. the talking about Meg Ryan's character like all of this was just like perfect Top Gun lore yeah oh, we get the, back, I, we get the backstory that. for uh, why he's mad at him because Tom Cruise held him back from flight school or mm-hmm. whatever it was and set him back four years which didn't doesn't seem to me like something you should be that pissed off about but whatever I guess he was pissed off about that I like that and I, I prefer that over him being just mad about his dad dying because yeah. yeah. that's, that's a little trite and like right. whatever I, I thought that this was a good enough reason and I think that it was it became a great reason when the Meg Ryan factor gets involved and he's mm-hmm. like I'm going to take I'm going to be the dark knight here yeah like, I'm not going to let her take the credit for it. Which I, I love, right. yeah, we talked about it earlier with Nick of, like, I like when he makes the commitment to her of, like, I'm not I'm not going out the window anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here to stay. And then, of course, we have the little flashback. But he falls and down. And what did she make him go out the window? Yep. With the daughter, right? And she's like, just don't break her heart again. Because you know they got history, right? Like, that's what's yeah. leading up to this moment. I like that a lot. I felt it. 
it was, it's a great moment, but it's so strange, too, because it's so comedic for him to have to go out the window again and then falling and then her being there. And then the audience is says that it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> she she's really, you know, sad about this and doesn't want him to hurt her mom. When their jacket first fell, I thought it was him. Yeah, it looked like a weird like, dummy that fell down. Yeah. <laughs> um, we go next to the next hop. Uh, they're now practicing the uh, the trench run and all that stuff. We get a lot of uh, roosters just too slow. He's too slow. We got multiple times where people have to we have to get through this canyon in two minutes and thirty seconds, or else. First off, here's the setup. We should we should talk about it if people haven't seen this movie. Yeah. And if you're just watching this for some time, instead of watching the movie. I'm, as a as a listener, I've done this before. I've done this, this with a lot of the setup of this is they have to go through a trench that has a lot of it's a windy trench. Think trench run, but if the trench run wasn't just a straight line, think of it if it was like a windy canyon that you have to fly a hundred feet off the ground with. If you go above a hundred feet, there are missile turrets. That will lock onto you with radar and shoot you down. Once you get over that, you have to fly up the side of a mountain slash volcano or whatever the head is, invert, go back down the other way, flip the plane back in. This movie, guys. You're this, is, this is like when when you're not riding a movie anymore, you're level design. Or you're yeah. like designing a roller coaster, and they make a great roller coaster. One pilot, the, the guy in the back has to, or I guess the guy in the front of the back, has to use the laser to get eye, and they keep saying dead eye, which is the coolest thing. We're like dead sick, dead eye. They can't figure out what's going on. So to lay the target so that one person can drop a bomb, blow a hole in it. Then a second group of people launches a missile into the hole and blows up the uranium the, the facility that's underground. That's going to be a national threat to everyone. Nick, then, then you lays the target. Yeah, lays the target. <laughs> of course, made popular by In the Army Now, starring uh, Polly Shore, of course, and David Allen Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic movie. Uh, then they have to pull nine Gs to go up the side of the canyon, which is enough to put your skull through the back of your head or whatever it is, uh, to which most people would just pass out. Uh, and then once they get over there, then the fun starts because then they are going to be on radar and the, the missiles are going to start shooting at you and they have to do that cool thing where they, they, they put out the chaff, which is, you know, the cool little flares. Badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and then once that all happens, in under two and a half minutes. Because the fifth generation fighters will launch, if the second they see anything below, the second they blow up the base, they're going to start launching fighters at them. Uh, or there's fighters in the area that are going to come over there and they have to, they're going to come kill them. Because they can't, the F 18s, the old 1970s, 80s F 18s are no match for fifth generation fighters. It's so, so fun. It's so cool. And I love the animations. Like, I love the way that they show how the canyon is. And it's like, if you get out of the canyon, yes. they, there's the Sams. They're going to get you. And I'm like, fuck, that is so cool. Yeah, and that's you know the, the other part for? of this. Like, oh, go ahead. Do you know what SAM stands for? Uh, fuck, I, I knew it. Now I don't. Surface Air Missile. Surface Air Missile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's high. Yeah. Incredible. Matt, what were you going to say? Totally forgot. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really lit sequence right here, right? When he shows it all to them, and then they go out for the big testing day. And, like, now we get to see all the pilots and what do they really got, right? Because we see the arrogant hangman who's like, yo, I'm riding like my life depends on it. Keep up. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I like the really powerful moments of when Coyote slows down, right? And then Phoenix has to adjust and fly out of there. He's like, why did you die? And he's like, not you. You. What are you going to tell his family, right? And mm-hmm. he, he's like, I don't know. And then the same, he goes to Phoenix, like, what are you going to tell his family? And he looks at Bob, and it's like, oh, shit, he knows that because of Goose, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. tough. Uh, we do have a back and forth here about, about with Maverick and, and Goose at some point where he's like, you, you would know about losing your wing or, you know, your co-pilot and stuff like that. He goes, well, if you fly long enough, that's going to happen. He goes, you would know, uh, which is a good scene, I think. 
and then we have the scene where where they're they're practicing the last person practicing. But I think it's payback. I'm not quite sure which which of the pilots it was. Uh, passes out, and they have a name yeah, for yeah, it. They call right. it like G-Lock. Um, G-Lock. G-Lock. Yeah. yeah. He passes out uh, because of the because of the guy, and I love that the perspective shot where the world just goes yeah goes dark for a second. They uh, they do that so well, and then I, the thing that I was gonna say before is like we talk about just the portrayal of like all the aerial footage is incredible, but again like all the diagrams, like all of the the digital representation of what's happening is also really cool and like aesthetically amazing. And then this too with the the vignetting and it's closing in like through their vision is is. So much fun. Well, they do a good job with it, too, because the vignetting only works because the amount of time we spend so close in on face shots where we see the cockpit (laughs) and we see the backgrounds around and, like, the difference between when they're blacking out versus you see, like, the canyon around them. Yeah, you get to see how wide open it is. Yeah. Um, and I love, by the way, that they have a meta commentary for like all that, all that stuff where he's like, Jesus Christ, this radar is so old. And you remember in the <laughs> first one, the way you saw all the planes coming toward each other was just blips on radar because that's all they could do back then. And they have that moment where they kind of, it kind of looks like that. And then the mission control person comes over the comments like, all right, we're switching to satellite or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's like, it's like badass, like 4K yeah. after effects mm-hmm. graphics as they're coming through. Super cool. Also, just want to give a shout out before I forget of the fucking missiles they launched from the carrier that just nuke the. Oh uh, yeah, that was incredible. Oh, what a cool shot. But um, then also, yeah, the really cool thing that they do here too, when payback is passed out and he's falling, is uh, Maverick does the missile lock, so it'll yeah. play the, the, the signal. Yeah, get that dude. Gotta get the tone. Uh, and thankfully, Payback pulls up, uh, wakes up and pulls out last minute before dying. Uh, but Cyclone's had enough. He's like, this is enough. This is, we're not doing this anymore. Now we're going in. We're going to do this way more straightforward. Uh, Mike? Well, this is the moment, actually, right after the G-lock, right, we feel that t- intensity of, oh, we're about to lose somebody. And then Maverick and Phoenix level out, and we get the kind of all the dust come up, and it knocks out the Phoenix for their plane right oh, there, right? right? That's and right. so that's the moment and where Phoenix and Bob – have a moment where it's like, oh, they're going to die right now. Like, it's going down here. Oh, that's and she's right. trying to extinguish all of the all the jets on the back, and she's getting it up in the air, and he's yelling, you got to fucking eject out of that. Out, and out, they punch yeah. out, which was super badass. But that was mm-hmm. a really intense scene from going G-lock right there, about to lose payback into those two. Kept you on your toes for a couple of minutes. There. Dude, honestly, go for it, Andy. I was going to say, and I think it does a really good job of showing sort of plain technology to mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. who – like us, you know, like when she's extinguishing all these fires, like, oh, I hadn't even considered that to be a mechanic that these uh, jets would even have. So I thought that sequence did a really good job of showing how what sort of measures are are in place in case they fucking birds fly into the into the. <laughs> Well, what's funny is the way they extinguish it is by turning off. She just flicks a knob and one of the engines goes out. And then she tries to flick it back on. And it's always funny when I, whenever you see those little metal knobs that look like you buy them at a Radio Shack and you see that in like a $100 million plane, you're like, man, they're just like us. They're just um, like us. To, I also, I, to, to uh, go off of what Mike was saying here, I think they did such a perfect job. And what makes this movie special is they, they know what they have and I think that they play with it so well in terms of new stuff versus legacy stuff, but the tension and excitement being the the through line but the seeing the first movie especially so recently like the moment where goose dies it comes out of nowhere and it it, it hits you so hard but it feels real all of a sudden it grounds this like larger than life kind of fantasy thing and it's like no no no, this is these are real people doing these things and i think that having the back-to-back of him and g-lock combined with the bird scare and all that but then no one actually dying i think is 
such a great call. Like this movie had so much fun with being able to give us all those emotional feelings, intense moments of like the almost deaths, and there's many more to come. But the fact that the the only deaths in this movie are not from people actually dying in the planes, I thought was an inspired choice for this mm-hmm. type of legacy sequel that could have so easily done the traditional, and then Maverick dies, and mm-hmm. Rooster dies. Like So many different things could have happened, oh, and I, I'm so happy they did it this way instead. Uh, uh, we we land and Cyclone's like, listen, this is just too crazy. There's they, these we're gonna go way more straightforward with this. Maverick's like, if you do that, people are gonna die. They're not coming back, right? And he goes, and and I have I love this back and forth where Cyclone's like, they're gonna get to the target and they're gonna destroy the target. And Maverick goes like, and come home and return. Right? And yeah, that yeah. should be a hundred percent part of what people need to do. And he's like, no, no, no. And he goes, he's like, these they have no confidence they can do this, right? And so he goes over to Penny and he's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm losing confidence and Penny's like, you know what to do. You gotta, sh-. he's like, these, these pilots don't know this is possible yet. You gotta show them it's possible. And so as they're being briefed in the, in like the comm set or whatever it is, they get, what's that, Mike? Okay, you're missing a couple of yeah. pieces, Devin. Okay. You are building up the hype. Because after Cyclone tells him, yo, you need to check yourself, he has the moment where he's like, man, I'm down. And you get this powerful fucking scene where you can feel it, right? Because we get it twice. Where Iceman texts mm-hmm. Oh, right. I'm says, sorry. I forgot. Hey, what's up? And he goes, that's, that's the time, bro. And he goes, tells you need to make them understand, right? And, like, you see it. It just says ice across there. It's not initials. It's ice. That's oh, cool. badass <laughs> this man is on a text message, In case bro. of emergency, though. <laughs> yeah. And so you get this buildup of, like, oh, shit. Like, this is insane, right? And so from there, then, of course, we have the bar scene where we're going to make everybody become friends. And we're gonna play football shirtless. Well, that's 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 after this. So the first one is he goes to Ice, and Ice is like, yes. "You gotta show him, right?" Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and this and is and this is a great Kimmer. scene too. Yeah, shout out to Val oh, Kilmer's yeah, yeah, performance, yeah. but also like writing because like obviously the limitations of Val Kilmer not being able to speak and everything. I think they do it in a great way with you know him typing on the computer. And again, it's like they're writing the word choice. There's so many great moments. Oh. Or right? there's a couple of great moments where. He doesn't have to retype anything. He, you know, like Tom Cruise just does a great job. He just points and he just says it again. It's so good. Of course, the scene ends with him actually asking, he's like, before you go, I got to know who's the better pilot. And Tom Cruise, great, great line over here. We're having such a nice moment. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let's not ruin this. Let's not ruin this. Uh, So, flash forward, all the kids, they're giving him the new briefing and it comes over the loudspeaker. Hey, everyone, someone's stolen an F-18 and is doing this trench run right now. And Maverick just does it. And he show, he locks on, he drops the, the bombs, blows up the little crate target thing out there, we, pulls up and makes miss, it out of the crater. So at this point, we also have Iceman's funeral, too. Yeah. That's so right. he, he so Iceman dies, out he, he gets does kicked this. out, yeah, and that's why he, he's like, I like I got to show him. So I, I'm going to show them and, and prove that this can be done, and hopefully that will get me back as the teacher. And well, even the last thing, hopefully it'll prove that and, it can be done yes. so they won't, you know, sacrifice some pilots for this. Oh. Uh, but, of course, it backfires on him because he's like, hey, man, we're going, and guess what? You're actually flying now. You're the only person I know can actually do this, and you got to lead this team, which is probably okay. what we should have done to begin with. Of course. Like, Fuck. Of course. I just lied to Penny Benjamin. I told her I was not, I was never going to do this again, and i got to go over and tell her what's up, and he does, and she gets Dude, it. Dude, I love the lines, though, uh, with John Hamm, where he's just like, hey, like, either everyone dies or I'm putting my job on the line, and, like, the whole it's a rhetorical question. Like, it's just perfect cheesy corny build up to get us where we need to go and I, and then we got there and it was good oh my god yeah another banger from warlock reads like this maverick 
I believe the Admiral was, was asking rhetorical questions, <laughs> Mike, with him. This is what I talked with Andy last night about, of, like, just how badass Tom Cruise is as an actor, right? And, like, everybody in the comments, we'll talk about Tom Cruise as a person some other day. Let's talk about him right. inside the goddamn fucking cockpit. Because Andy brought up, of like, you just see it. You can hear his grunts. You can see him moving. Like, this dude is the baddest, bro. Like, he does all these stunts and, like, puts his body on the line. And, like, you're watching that trench run, and this man is grunting. He's working. You can see the sweat on his face. It's like, this is some of the coolest stuff around. Nobody else is doing it like this guy. Yeah, th- this whole trench run sequence, I think, is some of the most thrilling stuff I've ever seen in a movie theater. And it's... It, it, We've seen it diagrammed. We 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 know kind of what he's doing, and we know what the plan is. But like, I am so glad that I, you know, I'm so glad that I'm kind of just like a dumb little movie viewer where I just didn't expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. No. And when we keep when we keep on hearing people telling um, Tom Cruise that you need to show them, I didn't think he was going. I don't think he meant by that. I bet going. like. Get the team together. Show them that it's possible. Teach right. them. But, like, I was not expecting Tom Cruise to suddenly you, – you hear, like, the – whoa, there's, a, there's like, a – did you get clearance to be up there? What the hell is going on? And then that, that's when I knew, like, this movie is the greatest thing ever, where he is pulling it off, and and it's it's cheesy in moments where it's people in the classroom, like, standing up, like – Everybody's doing the gamer lean, right? It's like, like it's like leaves. Neo's fighting Morpheus. It's like yeah, everybody's exactly. like, yo, everybody's That's standing him. up and kind of like, holy shit, he's about to do this. And again, getting all those shots with Tom Cruise in the cockpit, hearing his efforts and his breaths, and like it's him doing all the turns and everything. Like, goddamn, this is some of the best shit I've ever seen on screen. So this cool. this was the moment. So Kevin had seen the movie before I did, so he was watching his second time on my first time. And this was the moment as he's doing this trench run that I looked over at him like, okay, this is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And he looks at me, he goes, Tim, there's so much left. Yes, and wait, when yeah. he said that, I, I literally was thinking, I was like, all right, cool. There's more, but there's no way that they can like up it from how perfect this scene is. And they managed to, they really did. And, uh, I got to say like that happens and they start gelling as a team. And he's like, I got one more day left or however many long we got before this operation happens. We could either fly more planes or we could go play beach football, which they call dogfight football. Dog fight yep. football. You're awesome. playing cool offense and, and defense at the same time, just like a dogfight. Uh, and, and everyone I'll, I'll just has to be shirtless. Yeah, I'm so except, glad to say Except Bob, which Bob. I love that detail so much. It's, it's the like all the different cuts of all of these beautiful people, glistening, sweaty, shirtless, Playing, you know, dogfight football, and I think it's the very last shot of the montage is like Bob catching a pass with his shirt on. Only once. Were they born, born in labs? Now it's time to ring those Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ring Those Abs, the podcast. Within a podcast right now, the top ads we have on this list, Ab, excuse me, Rick Rostovich coming in at number one as Slider. Tom Cruise, number two. Maverick from the first film. And Val Kilmer coming in at number three. Ladies and Eddie numbers. Cortez, what do you got? Wow. Wow. My color looks unbelievable. Oh, incredible. But oh, what is so I'll be honest. I yeah. couldn't see. I didn't know whose abs were who. Oh, okay. No, like, it, it was just so fast to me. I was so just seeing abs. I was like, I was like, oh. Like I, I was. Just, Trying to see the abs down. and trying to understand, like, I hope they explain what the fuck they're doing with this game, because, like, I've never seen this. 
They're like, what the fuck's going on on this beach with these two footballs going at the same time? I'm so glad they had an explanation for it. Yes. So they'd be like, because I thought it was like, just like, thank a, Christ, this is something that, I, that doesn't exist already that I had no idea yeah. about. I'm so glad they explained it away. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad they did incredible. too because to me it was just like an Abercrombie and Fitch commercial. It was just a bunch of beautiful, hot people on the beach. Uh, just glistening, and I, I was like, yeah, they don't know how to play football. They're too beautiful to know. Yeah, so, totally. Like, that makes sense to me. In my mind, this is one of the greatest ab scenes in, in history. I, I think that there are so many people with such amazing abs. Like, the fact that, like, there's even a debate. Like, I, Miles Teller looked so damn good. Incredible. Uh, Hangman was like, oh, I think yeah. he might be the number one. He but, like, number one. overall, I'm just saying, they nailed it. I think the scene was phenomenal was perfect the one thing that i don't even want to say is a criticism i feel like this is no where a, a kenny Loggins song mm-hmm. could have yeah, been incredible yeah, for sure. um, I, I like what they did i get that they were trying to be like look like we're not just doing the exact same thing but I, it's one of those examples where i'm like well maybe you should have just done the exact it's, same it's, thing if you gave me the choice of doing that here or having goose play great balls of fire in the bar I would have ditched the great balls of fire scene. That didn't work for me very well. Oh, like, no, that was kind of strange. Uh, Andy Cortez. Yeah, I, I'm with Vic on that, but I'm glad it was a song like this, and I feel like any other movie, I feel like if Michael Bay were directing this, it would have been, and it would have been a remix of, uh, it would have been a Lincoln with the boys. It yeah, would have been a remix with Khalifa. It would have been a remix with Flo Rida and Pitbull. Uh, and oh like, no! Don't give me that, Andy. I would have loved that so much. No. <laughs> it would have been fucking terrible. It would have been a remix of Kenny Loggins with like some other modern artist, and it would have been like a, a faster beat or something like that. I'm so glad it wasn't anything like that. I'm You're telling me you don't want Kenny Loggins and Pitbull? <laughs> I do not. No, no. I'm glad it was just something completely different. Yeah. Football um, was great. Music choice was bad. Football was a good choice. Yeah, like the elevation. I would. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Glenn Powell is number one. Yeah, hundred percent. He looks incredible. Great. I'm gonna go Glenn Powell. I'm gonna. Powell. I'm gonna say Slider eats in at number two, and then we're gonna put Miles Teller at number three. How I like that. that dude, yeah, I mean, tanned and toned, bro. Tanned and toned. I'm with that, yeah. but it, like. How incredible is it that Miles Teller looks that good and he's number three? Like, we're just dealing with some abs on a whole Dude, new level. Right? And honestly, oh. like, if he would have had a signature pose, I feel like that could, that would be a no. That would have bumped him above, but yeah. Oh, you know what, though? No, he had the dance wanna, thing. He had, he had the dance. The, and it would have been a Okay, it's going above Ray I think, I think, yeah, I blacked out at that point, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we all give some respect and put some respect on uh, Tom Cruise's name, though? I mean, yeah, he's no. got Top Gun number one at he was still years wearing old, too. Now right. the man is wearing jeans, no top, yeah. and he looks incredible. Like this dude, I'm gonna wow, actually for you, Brody. I'm gonna put top. I'm gonna put Tom Cruise from Maverick above Val Kilmer. Yeah, from Top Gun One. Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I think that yeah, Lifetime Achievement Award. He deserves it. Like the fact that Tom Cruise at whatever age he's at now can be around <laughs> those gentlemen shirtless, and they're all shirtless, and he didn't stand out. You know, that's crazy. Good for you, There Bobby. is the part yeah. where, like, he gets tackled, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Be careful. Right. But I'm like, wait a second. It's Tom Cruise. <laughs> Love it. All right. Back the man is to 60. the plot. Man, it's 60. Uh, so off we go. We've, we bonded as a team. It's time to pick the people that are going to be on this mission. And, of course, he picks uh, Phoenix and Bob. He picks uh, Rooster and his Rio. And I forget what whoever who the other one was. Rooster doesn't have a Rio. So the coolest right. part about this is Hangman, no Rio. 
Fucking right. rooster, no real. You look oh, at right, those two and you're like, you guys are the fucking baddest, y'all. You know what I mean? Maverick, no real. Wild mm-hmm. stuff to see that. Well, so I, I think, would have lo- oh, go ahead. Was the idea there that the, it was depending on what their jobs are? Like, yeah, I thought you had only had a real for real, the laser yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, but every other team had duos, which was weird. No, it's not true. duo there had, yeah. had duos. It was, it was, so I'm looking it up right now, it was F-A, F slash A, 18 E and F. And I think the E has no no co-pilot, and the F has a co-pilot for navigation. And each team had two of each one of the planes. So I had the, the guy that was going to shoot the missile and then the team that was going to laser the target, I believe. I just I meant during, like, the training sequences. We didn't see anybody flying alone besides those. Okay. Like, in the beginning of the movie, everybody was paired up. Nobody else was solo like those. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Very cool. Uh, uh, I would have loved here, like, uh, when they're picking, you know, the pilots, they just pick, like, one background pilot. Like, yeah, this guy's really good. Halo, you're, you're in. in. Halo, yeah. you're yeah. in. Halo, Halo yeah. Halo's like, Halo, Halo did it in two Let's minutes. Go. First try. Hilarious. Uh, off we go. We get a wonderful moment here where uh, where uh, Rooster and Maverick are on the flight deck. Well, first off, we get fucking just absolute, completely makes no sense, but I don't give a shit. Shot. Of the fucking planes on the elevator coming down, yeah. and Maverick walks over to it like he was like Maverick, good luck or whatever. And like, you belong just, here, yeah, yeah. where you he belong. Just, that's what it was, and he just ascends up to the flight deck, which is incredible. Uh, great, great moment here where he's like, he's like, uh, he calls him by his first name. He's like Bradley, you can do this. And Bradley's like shit because he's kind of freaking out. Like, why, why, why would you not pick Hangman? Of course, Hangman has to hang back. No pun intended. Uh, just in case we need to send more people out there. Uh, and off we go. Maverick gets in his plane, and we get the best shot in the whole movie, where he launches himself from the from the flight deck of the carrier into the sky, all in one shot. It's worth seeing this movie and spending the money for just this one shot. And you, yeah, you can watch it in the trailers because it's in the trailers. But dude, when you're on, when it's on the big screen and you've hyped this much, it's so incredible. And of course, as they're going toward it, they switch to the cool satellite view. We see modern day technology, and they launch a bunch of missiles at uh, into the air to bomb the uh, the runway of the enemy runway. What's up? And if you remember, Perfect. years ago. We were talking about Top Gun Maverick on a kind of funny morning show, and you asked me to go report live from Lake Tahoe's mini airport. That is our airport. That that was really? bombed right there, and all the smoke and them running around at the end. That was right there in Tahoe, which was oh, badass. That's so you can see Mike in the background. So awesome! This shit was so sick, and Nick, you nailed it. Like this scene is just it. They have spent the last whatever hour and a half earning our trust that we can trust them with hype and that we can trust them with just making us feel like we are part of this journey. We're in it with the team. But when Tom Cruise takes off and they're all taken off with him and then they launch these missiles, it was like one of the moments where I'm like, yo, this movie didn't need to be cooler. Like Mm -hmm. those missiles up this ante where I'm like, oh, this." I said this earlier though. I think this movie is going to ruin a lot of other things for me. Like a Metal Gear Solid movie can never be this good. It just can't. They just fucking nailed it here in every way possible. I I can't believe how cool the missiles were in this scene. When they call them dagger one, two, three, and four, and they're like daggers into formation before the canyon, and they get on top of one another stacked but in the line with some of the coolest cinematography around. I forget. What did they call the carrier to? What was the base called? Because before Hmm. it was – I forget what it was in the first one. It was super cool because they were Ghost Rider and base was like – yeah. Something anyway, we'll figure it out. Someone will leave in the comments. But anyway, we the start the trench. What's that? Are you talking about the Enterprise? Yeah, what was what, what was their call sign? Oh, I don't know. 
because the Enterprise called them Dagger 1, Dagger 2. And originally, like, I forget what it was in the first movie, but when he calls back to them, he's like, negative so-and-so, like, oh, he, they have a call sign, too. I forget what it was. Another badass one was, as we were building up to that, right, is all the daggers go off, and then it shoots up to the UAV plane up above. And they're like, Dagger, you're clear on UAV. And then they yeah. drop below the clouds, and they're like, you're off UAV. And you get this, like, stunning moment of Maverick looking at the team and then Rooster looking off into the fog on the seaside. And you're like, man, some ominous is out there, right? And they're like, you're off UAV. Dagger, yeah, you call. Him. And he goes, we're doing this. And they just fucking gun it. It was so badass. Because uh, I, 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 incredible. I, I think, yeah, th- that moment of look, looking off into the fog and understanding – they aren't in the desert simulating this anymore. Yeah. These are real mountains. This is a different climate, a different environment. Who knows what the elevation is doing here in addition to all the Gs you're about to pull. Like, this shit is real right now, and there's no looking back. Like, we're here, we're going to fucking do this, and it just fucking goes off with a bang, man. I, f- I forgot to mention they redo the shot uh, before he launches, the iconic shot of Maverick doing the salute first, and then the, the let's fucking go yeah. to the flight deck. And the guy's like, yeah, let's do this. So cool. He's like, bah, bah. Anyway. We got enough thumbs up. No, there was so many thumbs up. Everybody's thumbs up. We go on the trench run, and it starts off, and, and it's scary as shit because they're looking up, and they can see the surface-to-air missile turrets that are above them. Uh, they start banking, and they're going fast, and, of course, the rooster starts falling behind. We did get a couple moments there where I forgot to mention I did not – necessarily like the fact that they put talk to me goose in there a couple times and i especially didn't i thought it was a little cringy it was like talk to me dad to try i to like that. that i love that i like that, I love Perfect. that yeah, that's, that's, didn't work for me. Yeah, like that, the first talk to me goose i thought was good the second one i was like we're, we're doing this again because tom cruise has like five catchphrases that they feel the need to say like eight times throughout this movie yeah. Yeah. Second they talk to me goose. speed by the way yeah. i know a little oh, disappointing, but yeah, the talk to me scared. dad got me. The talk yeah. to me dad got talk me. Talk to me dad, and that's when Tom Cruise whispers, fucking do it, kid. You know Just what I mean? And then thinking, he guns it, it, you know? And Andrew, you'll have a great moment. when they go, Rooster's dis- disengaging, and then right, we have the moment where he goes... Not the moment where, oh, my God, he's really engaging. We didn't yeah. have that. They were just like, <laughs> we did. Yeah. And we just did have it. it. Well, no, but they didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there wasn't a guy yeah. like, Rooster's being casey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sweet. Uh, yeah. We start the run, of course, and uh, Maverick's ship and his and his co-pilots would do it perfectly. He blows a hole in the ground. But we get a dead eye in uh, in Rooster and his, and his uh, co-pilot's ship. Uh, and they can't laze the target, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to drop it. And the guy's like, no, man, I got this. And the eye's going all over the place for the thing. And he's like, don't, I got to do this blind. And he just takes the shot, and boom, it goes right through. And the effect here of the explosion and the ground going up first and then imploding is oh so incredibly cool. Uh, and they pull out, and they both make it out of the canyon with, like, nine and a half or ten Gs pulling on him. Maverick starts to pass out for a second, but thank God he doesn't because as he does, man, those sand turrets come to life fast. And they start shrouping missiles out into the ground, just just shooting oh, missiles left and right. Uh, yeah. After a while, dude, I've just had chills for the last yeah. like twenty seconds oh. just of Nick explaining this. My, I, I had goosebumps, and now my goosebumps yeah. are rooster bumps. All right, come wow. on. Now, Nick, when we talk about some of the top scenes in the movie, when Miles Teller and his squad get out, and we get the zoom out of the top of the peak with all four fighter jets zooming in and out of these sand missiles. Oh, so cool! Easily one of the top moments in the movie it's like oh wow this is incredible and they're zooming flying they're talking to each other we know that the two fifth gen 
uh, pilots are on the way too. Right, so like we matter. got big moments coming up, but like that zoom out and seeing the peak and all that, beautiful. Right. And, and also, also like call this out. Point. Go ahead. I wanted to call out just like Miracle One, yeah. Miracle Two, oh, and yeah. that's like that like you know that. Just because those things are out and the explosion happened, that was cool. We're not anywhere close to being clear. Nope. And I just had flashbacks with all the flares going out to Mike in the helicopter in Warzone. Yep. And I just like, man, I believe. have the need for speed right now. Yeah, you believe, knew it, believe in me. Believe in me. <laughs> when I'd be in that helicopter, Nick, and I'd be looking at him, he'd be like, hold fucking tight, bro. Yeah. We're doing it. And he's like, Mike, hit the flare, dude. It. It's fucking fucking <laughs> Come on, dude. Incredible, dude. I love it. At this point, that. too, like, it's incredible, and I got to call out the, the sound design, because they dropped the music mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And oh, you mm-hmm. just have the sounds the whole time. And it, like, it just... Fills you with so much just like anxiety and anticipation. Yeah, I was the whole moment. I was telling um, when we walked out of the theater, Nick. I was telling uh, D that it reminded me of like how t- when I was that tense. It reminds me of when I go to bed and I listen to like my meditative sort of like audio stuff, and the and I think I'm relaxed, but then the lady's like. Now relax your neck. I was like, oh, you know what? I wasn't relaxing my neck. The in the movie, I'm just like. Sitting in the most tense position, and I was like, dude, I got to chill. Like, I feel like every muscle in my body is just contracted right now, yep. and I need to just relax because right now I am so on edge. This is incredible. Ah, Mike, I just – uh, this is in the in the Wikipedia. They don't call them Rios. They call them WSOs or WISOs. Okay. Which stands for Weapons Systems Officer. That's so what I Bob was. That's yeah, what Bob that's was. Yeah, so when Bob he was Bob, out. he's like, I'm a weapons system operator. And he goes, yeah. uh, he's not a jokester. Not a jokester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why they don't call him the Rios, I guess, in this. Because I think Rios are radar or something operator or, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I digress. The pairs, by the way, I want to point this out. This actually wasn't here. It was Phoenix and Bob, uh, Rooster, and then Payback and Fanboy and uh, Maverick. Those are, those are the, the two pairs. Or, yeah, the two pairs. Anyway, we pull out. Everyone's popping freaking flares left and right. The sound of the flares, to, to back up what you guys are saying about the sound design, the things that stick out in my brain are the, the sound of the flares, the sound of the stick, as, and, and the, the, the sort of ricketiness of the metal hitting against mm-hmm. itself as we're going mm-hmm. through the canyon. And then, of course, just the explosions. All this, this whole sequence is unbelievable. And, of course, uh, 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 they get a missile lock on Rooster. Rooster's out of flares. Maverick oh. has to sacrifice his body for this. Hits the brakes. Rooster flies right by. I don't know if you guys caught that, but that's what he did. Hits the brakes and then just throws out all of it. Just sprays flares all over Rooster's ass to get this missile off of it. But it lights up Maverick instead, uh, and Maverick goes down. And we don't know if he has survived or not. I and sat like, up in my fucking chair. Like, yeah. yeah. This, this is the type of shit that I love. And I know Tim said that he is worried that this will ruin any sort of Star Wars dogfight stuff. But, like, I feel like the Star Wars dogfight stuff was, like, probably the stuff that I enjoyed the most. In, uh, like, Last Jedi and in, well, really in any of the Star Wars movies. But maneuvers like that are the coolest shit that you can put on screen for me. And when that shit happened, like, I sat the fuck up and I just almost wanted to be like, holy shit! (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So cool. And honestly, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, keep going, Nick. I'll I'll do it afterwards. I was going to say, the movie could have ended right here. And I would have been like, that was awesome. So that's what I was going to say to you, Nick. But it did it. You get that tense scene of... We go back to base, and he's like, you tell all of them to get home right yeah, now, right? Not. And Roos is, like, Roos is like, I got to go back. And then you have the shot of Phoenix going, he's gone, man. And then Bob says, yo, he's dead. We can't go back. And then it fades to black, and you're like, that could be the end of the movie. Right, right. fucking there. That could be the end of it. Not the end, it's though. It's not. It's not the end because 
Oh, and by the way, I, I like I like John Hamm's performance here too, where he's like bring them all back, but it's not because of ego. He literally says, "We're not losing another pilot today. We're just not doing it." Yeah. Uh, and you can't argue with that, right? He's right. It was the right call. Of course, it goes to black. We're not done yet, ladies and gentlemen, because mm-hmm. it opens back up on a snowy tundra. Maverick has landed safely. Is trying to disengage all the crap from him to get his uh, the radar thing that's off of him as an attack helicopter comes Dude, around. Dude, behind D, man, this is D, the most bro. Metal Gear Solid one thing ever. It looks like they're on Shadow Moses. Like this shit was fucking crazy. And when we first watched the movie, it was in 40x. And Andy Cortez, I know your feelings and all this, but. At any point, if you're like, Tim, we're doing it, I'm in. I'll buy your ticket. We're going to watch wow. this movie together. I need to see just again in 40X. But this moment, me and Kevin have seen multiple movies in 40X uh, at this point. And uh, it's always a blast. It's always stupid fun. We had never gotten the snow effect until this. And all of a sudden, snow just gets pumped I into the theater. It. And it was like, it was passion, you guys. It was it. Disneyland shit. But it was Tom so Cruise alone. And I love that they, they – we're like, is he dead? Like, we see his shit get blown up. Like, holy fuck, are they doing this? It cuts to black. But immediately, it cuts to, no, he's alive. But wait, he's a man against the helicopter. <laughs> and, of course, the helicopter squares off. I was about to go for the killing shot, and a missile hits it. Rooster has returned. Uh, but Rooster, unfortunately, uh, those those fifth-gen fighters show up, and one of them ices him. Maverick sees him pop his chute, runs over to him, and is just mad at him. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? You should be back on the car- carrier. And he goes, and he goes. You told me not to think. As he gets to that great What were you like, thinking? He's like, you told me not to. Told me not to. Dude, the way they shoot this is so good. Because like, yeah, that's dumbass dialogue. Perfect dumbass dialogue. But the way that it, like, they sit on it for a second, and Miles Teller just goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just this motion that's this like, is, uh, I listen to you. This is the moment you. where, like, right. Miles Teller, like, gets to be the most Miles Teller. And yeah. it works. It, it works. Definitely work. Of course. It's yeah, a Mike. cool thing because they're. They're on their feet. They're not in a jet plane. Yeah. We don't hit that in Top Gun at all. We don't hit that in Top Gun. Now you have this moment of like, oh, shit, we're in the middle of unknown country in the middle of a snowy thunder. What the fuck are they going to do yeah. right now on their feet? This is so cool, bro. And he's, still, he's still a little I scared for them, too. Like, yeah. they're they're not in their planes. They're the best They're the best pilots in the world. But what, I mean, are they the best hi- hiding it from I leaned over to Tim, and I was like, when him and Miles Teller are looking at the Jets, like, I just wanted Tom Cruise to look over to Miles and be like, I have something to tell you. My real name is Ethan Hunt. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, it is very Mission Impossible. I love it. Uh, to me, I think this is, I'm like, this movie just became a completely different movie. It reminds me a lot of Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson. Remember that where he gets shot down? And that was the name of the movie. Which one am I thinking of? Yeah, you're oh, thinking of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway. The one in that? I think he's the one where he plays a pilot and he gets shot down and yeah. has, like, has to, like, hike his way out. Oh, Black Hawk time. Down. No, that's a different movie. Oh, Behind the Lines. Then. Black Hawk <laughs> Down with Owen Wilson. Black Hawk <laughs> Down with, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was with Josh Hartnett and Ewan McGregor. Of all people. Uh, 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 real quick, I didn't get to experience the 40X experience. I don't know if they have one of those in Atlanta. I need to look into it. So instead, I just had Gino shake my chair and he threw a little piece of yeah, popcorn in good. there for this film. That sounds right. Good. Sounds so right. I, I feel like it's probably similar. Probably similar. We, uh, we head over to uh, Tahoe Airport, uh, which is great that it's that. And uh, Maverick's got a plan. He's like, look, you see what that is right there? That, and by the way, they set this up originally. I don't know if you guys caught this line, but the like, yeah, this base is full of 
of fifth gen badass fighters and a couple F-14s for no reason. And of course, fuck yeah, there's a reason behind it because that uh, Tom Cruise is like, we're gonna steal that right there. And there's one lone F-14 still in place. Yes, there is. And he's like, dude, how old is that? And he's like, oh, man, it's older than Nick or as old as Nick. We don't dude, know. real talk. Like, this is this is something that shouldn't work. And I feel like oftentimes in these legacy sequels, it's like, of course they gotta go back. Like in Jurassic World, they gotta go back to exactly where the first park was. And we all want that stuff, but they they need to do it right or else it's it's just like. Ugh. Yeah, roll I legitimately, I've watched, again, so many movies with you guys, and me and Andy have a bond when it comes to hype moments. We have an understanding of, like, yo, this is fucking hype, let's fucking go. Every once in a while, I'll get maybe, like, a look over from Nick, uh, mostly for comedic things, but every once in a while, it's like, is this really fucking happening? Look, I've never... I've known Nick over a decade at this point. I have never seen Nick Scarpino as giddy and excited as when the F-14 shows up. And, like, he looked at me, and it, he was like a fucking little kid. Where he's was, just like, oh, my God, it's an yeah. F-14, Tim. <laughs> like, yeah, what? it is, Nick. <laughs> and it's because they earn every single, like, fucking piece of this moment. Like, giving us so many, like, just this incredible new and fresh and unique and beautifully shot and riveting sequence that they just went through. And then having them on the ground. Then they're like, now we're going to bring in the F-14. It was, oh, but my God, Tim. Not, I want you guys to realize it's not just the, the significance of the F-14, which was the original plane they flew in, in the first Top Gun. It's the fact that it's Maverick and Goose's son as his co-pilot yes, yeah. in the F-14 that mm-hmm. starts to really set in when he's, like, doing all the stuff and, like, they're prepping it, and he jumps up on the tail wing, runs across the thing, and jumps in, and he goes, cockpit clear, cockpit clear, and the cockpit comes down and locks into place. I'm like... And he looks like him, too, because he's got the little yes. butt. It's unbelievable. Such a cool moment. You're absolutely right. It shouldn't work. Do we want to stop and think about how long it would have taken them to run from where they crashed to this airfield that was probably 40 miles away? Don't worry about it, guys. It's Tom Cruise. He run. Oh, yeah. We got Tom Cruise running in this movie. Yeah, I did yeah. not expect it. It was magical. But when the both of them were walking, they're like, hey, we should speed up. Yeah, there's two guys that's over there. So yeah, good. there's more yeah. guys over there. It's so fucking yeah, good. That's funny. And uh, then and then when they when they get into the air that we're about to see with the, the guys over the comms, and then we get oh, our first thumbs down. He's like, what does that mean? I have no idea. I don't know yeah. what that sign is. What about that one? No idea. I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> get the uh, next call back when they get up in the air, and he goes, Rooster's, Rooster's sign is now on. And he's like, what? And he's yes. like, he's flying. He goes, he's supersonic. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's not, no, he's fucking oh, supersonic. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, love, the, uh, love the idea of, like, he looks at the radar. He's like, Jesus Christ, this thing is really old. And one of the fuses is out. He goes, what, which fuse is it? And he goes, I don't know. That was your dad's department. He looks down with, like, 400 fuses from the plane everywhere. <laughs> Which is crazy. So he's like, "Don't worry, I'll find one." Uh, I love all that. Love, love him pulling the pin on the missiles too. I just thought was, those are cool shots. Yeah. Just seeing the prep that has to go into this. Awesome. They take off, and of course, they immediately get assaulted by the uh, the fifth gen fighters. Uh, memory serves correctly. Uh, Maverick manages to outpilot these guys. Or yeah, they're flying next to him. He goes. What are you going to do? He goes, I don't know. I got to make a choice. Like, don't think, just do it. He goes, he's like, what would you do? He's like, I wouldn't think. I would just do it, right? Or something like that. And then he just banks the plane oh, yes. right like, and shreds the so first cool. one with the guns first. And then they dogfight with the second one. He gets the better of him. I forget how he beats the second Oh, my God. Really my quick. God. Okay, two two things on this. First one was Miles Teller and him having the back and forth of, you got to pilot this thing. What would yep. you do if I wasn't here? And he's like, you are here, right? And you know that moment yeah. of, like, I can't lose number two here. That would be awful. And then the next scene, when after he kills the first one, him and this other dude get in the dogfight, right? Yeah. And this motherfucking thing flies in front of him because he does the move and then stops on a dime. It's spinning sideways, and they fly past him, and Miles goes, 
What the holy fuck was he at? <laughs> holy shit, what Slow the fuck? Spinning and turns back on him was so cool. Bro. Easily my, my favorite part of the movie. And it, it's like, I don't know why why I didn't think of this. I, I think I was telling Tim before the movie, like, I don't know what it is about Top Gun that could be, like, improved to make the movie as good as, like, the hype. But things like this, like, having an enemy pilot that's, like, in their league like, I didn't even think of it. seems so simple, what? but I didn't even think of that. And when he pulls this move off, I'm like, oh, this shit is on. And this Wait. is, like, when I wish, and obviously we can't because this is unnamed country X, where we could, like, see an actual villain. Because, mm-hmm. like, even though it's just, it's always the same generic uh, pilot in, like, the black, the black out suit, I'm yeah. like, this dude's fucking cool. Oh, like, I guess there's a whole backstory in my head yeah, for this yeah, pilot. 100%. He's top gun of whatever this made-up country is. And he is just he's he's on it. He's just on it. But super cool. I do want to point out one thing that for me that I'm sure it was not something they intended to do, but something that I absolutely adore and love was that the uh, at one point one of the planes that Maverick flies has the rudders are painted black, and it looks a lot like uh, Rick Foker's VF1J VF1S Rick. from uh, Robotech, which is badass. And that was one of the things that Andy's point earlier where he's like, I wish they painted the planes differently. That's what I loved about Robotech was you could tell who's who was in what plane based on the color, and their colors were always like their call signs as well. So like I think he was in one of them was like Vermilion Group, one of them was Skull Squadron, one of the, you know it was always super cool and very very anime of course. Um, uh, but they kill the last guy, the third guy. They're like, oh, there's oh. a guy coming in on the radar. We don't know where he's at. We're out of missiles. All we've got is uh, uh, I no, out, out of everything. So they kill the, the second guy on the yeah. final machine gun burst because it goes. 250, 180, 160, right? And you see it counting down. He has 33 bullets. And he's like, do it, Maverick, right? And the thing's fucking moving in the canyon. And he just gets it perfectly and then sets up the great shot of, oh, where is this guy? Because they get the beepers going off, right? And he looks in front of him and he's like, he's on our nose. And he tries to hit it and it's like, we don't have anything, bro. Yeah. You're just a emptiness. Oh, so sad. And then, of course, the guy gets the guy gets a lock on him. And he's like, we got, we're gonna have to, you gotta bail out. And he's pulling the thing. And of course, he has that one moment, that wonderful moment where he's like, he doesn't want to tell him to bail out because he doesn't want the same thing to happen mm-hmm. to Goose to happen to Rooster. And he's like, fuck it, you gotta just do it. We're gonna go high. You gotta bail out. And Rooster's pulling. And he's like, it's not working. It's not working. And he just goes, I'm sorry. As he, as the plane, as you see his plane going up, and the guy's about to hit, just about to pull the trigger on that. Oh, well, the missile comes out. Oh, the missile it goes does, out. Yeah. Yeah. out. Yeah. As it goes out. Hangman's missile hits oh! the fifth gen and pulls Oh, my God. <laughs> it so good. Oh and my. you knew it was coming because yeah. they cut back and forth to Hangman waiting mm-hmm. in the back. Oh, I love the deck. We get, you like, the great scene, too, where, like, that's, again, when, when Rooster flips the switch and they know that he's airborne, he's like, send me. He, he goes in on the comms, like, permission to, you know, launch spare dagger or whatever. And they're like, no, like, stay. Like, we don't know what's what's going on out there. And it's oh, you know he's coming, but he just he just delivers. Oh, I know, yeah, I man. I don't know that I've ever had a theater experience as rowdy as this moment for the oh. first time when I watched it. Where besides Marvel movies, like Marvel movies, it's like cool. Right. Twenty three fucking movies that built to this moment. We're all expecting it when he says the thing. We all cheer because it right. happened. With this though, it's 
they just fucking earned it in this movie that this ridiculous ass moment. Cause like when you think about it, when you really break down the fact that in the last 30 minutes, we had already seen Maverick save Goose. Then we see Goose save Maverick. And now it's Hangman <laughs> saving both of them. It's just like the overwhelming amounts of like, but they can't, they're, they're no, they're going to do, oh my God, they did it. <laughs> Literally the, the whole theater erupted, like so just cheering for Hangman. Uh, and for and Hangman. it's, it's perfectly just sort of laid out as well. Again, Nick yeah. mentioned with all the times they cut back to Hangman, wanting to – I mean, there's nothing I love more than when a shitty asshole villain yes. um, is, is is kind of, like, supportive of the cause. Mm-hmm. And before Miles goes out there, he's like, go give him hell. Like, oh, you know, yeah. go fuck him up, you know. And then we see Hangman wanting to get in there. He's the star fucking point guard sitting on the bench yeah. to be like – Coach, put me in. I know I can help this squad. And fu- oh my god, it's just so good. And then they're like, "Man, you look good," or whatever the fuck. He's like, "I oh, am he goes, good. I'm you look good. good. I am yeah. good. I'm always good, bro." God like, damn, fuck you are, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, of course, Maverick had a slight problem when he was uh, leaving the airport. His front landing gear got uh, dislocated from the plane, so he radios in. And they're like, no problem. We got a giant net that will catch you. Yeah, like, bring up the gate. I'm so cool. Uh, so the plane crashes and they're okay. And then oh, hold up, Nick. Oh, yeah. Hold Missed up. the iconic moment. Did I? He goes, bring up the barricade, and they fly by, and what the fuck oh, does he do? He buzzes, buzzes the, tower. the tower, bro, because you know he's got to do it, man. He's a dick. He buzzes the tower. That's right. Uh, they land, and, of course, they, for whatever reason, they they just – I guess they just have – a photographer on deck all the time because it's all these wonderful photo moments. We get a redo of of uh, Iceman and Maverick. We got Hangman and Bradley or and, and Rooster uh, saying everything's gonna be okay and uh, everything in fact is okay. What's up? Yeah, the cool one was Phoenix coming over, right? And we knew from the bar scene, Hangman was the only one out of this Top Gun group that had a confirmed kill on a real plane, right? And they teased him about it. And then she comes up, she goes. You got number two. And he goes, yeah, I got number two. And she goes, but Mav got two more. He's got five. That's an, an ace. He's an ace. Oh, <laughs> that shit's so badass, bro. <laughs> this scene was beautiful, on, man. And I was saying this earlier, but I, I love that no one died. Like, we get the mm-hmm. whole crew able to celebrate with each other on this thing. And it's just, like, such a win. And I'm, like, I'm looking around at Andy and Nick. I'm like, we did it, guys. Like, yeah. we fucking did it, you know? <laughs> we did it, y'all. You're, you're just like them celebrating. Yeah. yeah. We're all the same. Just like, so uh, yeah, Nick's eating the popcorn that I gave him. I'm eating my Skittles. <laughs> it's so good. Nick, uh, how'd you like the, pip, the pickle sauce, by the way? It was good, really, really good. Really good. Oh, really, really, really good. Yeah, I've come around on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maverick, of course, heads back to the flight deck, and uh, Jennifer Connelly's character, Peggy Benjamin, nowhere to be found. He's like, oh, no, I'll never see her again. Penny. That was that moment, right? That was that moment of the back and forth of, like, don't leave me again, right? And he's like, I'm not going to leave. Then he leaves. I love that moment of, like, oh, she went on a sailing trip. And you think to yourself, like, oh, shit, did he just lose her? Like, is she gone forever, bro? Like, I liked liked this back and forth. I liked it a lot. I didn't because we just had, like, the great moment with Miles Teller. And then it it Mm. felt like we're like, that was the climax, and you're just giving me, like, this little extra side story here. They had to work to Lady Gaga's incredible song, okay? Because then we end it with Miles Teller and freaking Maverick working on the plane. He looks Mm. through, and he goes, is that the little daughter? And she's sitting there in front of the hottest fucking Porsche Carrera you've ever ah, seen in your life, bro, God. right? And then they get in their little two-seater plane, and Lady Gaga says, don't worry, I got the fucking anthem for the summer. And boom, 
That's how that goes, dude. So dude. good. And then we get, like Nick was saying, the credits where it says everyone's fucking call sign, their actor name, all this oh. shit. And just boom, we get the, the cheesy footage of them from the movie. Always a sucker for it. And by the time it ends, we don't get a post-credit scene. We don't get none of that. They're just like, hey, you guys, you're welcome for what yeah. you just saw. Here's yeah. one last thing. As you're leaving the theater, let's hear the Top Gun anthem one more fucking time, okay? Let's get fucking high. Here's the gong. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's so good. And that oh, so good. is Top Gun Maverick. Andy, hit me with haiku and review. You're hi. You know I will, Ben. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you had it a second ago. You did. I heard it a second ago. Turn the telephone in the middle. for the first and last line. If it's not poetic, no need to fret. And haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can write your review in haiku form just like Andrew Feisner did by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Andrew says, really tough mission. Will be no deaths on his watch. Saving all the boys. Uh, Ignacio Rojas says, lots of great action. Somehow beat expectations. Tom Cruise is big boss. <laughs> Jason says, stop thinking, just act. Fifth generation, who cares? Everyone comes home. Joe Merton says, try to change my mind. Bob is the greatest call sign. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll wait. There you go. Let's do a little uh, Ragu Bagu. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ragu Guys Talk Bad Guys here for Top Gun in review. Right now on the list, we have Iceman. Where do we want to put – I guess Hangman is the is the bad guy in this. I'll, I put Hangman and maybe Cyclone because Cyclone's kind of an antagonist. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. This one's complicated again because we have the bird. We have – Maverick still still conflicting with himself. Maverick and Rooster having their own conflict, and then Maverick and Cyclone, and then uh, Hangman and Rooster, and Hangman and everybody. But then also the villains, the the bad guys, the unnamed bad guys. I'm geez, yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all, uh, it, it's number fucking one. Like Iceman's cool. I fucking love him as an idea, and I think that this movie doesn't even better. Right? Like this this is perfect where it makes the 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 mythos of the first movie stronger uh but i think that all the elements of this are great and the fact that hangman is the bad guy but by the time the movie ends we are fucking right there with him and cheering for him more than anything i I love it dude i'll put him in number one i I like hangman a lot in this one i I do like the back and forth i don't think it was as strong as maverick and iceman right because we had that iconic scene inside the locker room where he's like you're dangerous and then he chomps at him you know inside there no no nobody's chomping but Hangman really did push Rooster, right? Like, it was really cool to set the tone of, like, Hangman is the baddest, but we know who Rooster is. He's a team player. He's there to protect his squad. Like, that first scene when they're in the teamwork and Rooster dies for his other one, Phoenix comes up and goes, now you know what the fuck Rooster's all about, right? Like, he's there to keep everybody alive. And I like that Hangman pokes and prods him to say, you got to do better. You got to be better. And that was Mm -hmm. Iceman and Maverick back in the day, just a little bit different. And I loved I loved what this guy did as Hangman. It was really, really solid. The, the one thing I will say, and, and I'm, you're, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. But nobody, nobody is as fucking cool as Val Kilmer as Iceman. He just wasn't. And every time he said anything when I was a kid, I remember watching that movie going, how come this movie's not about Iceman? He's so cool. <laughs> also, just putting that there again, Hangman is a dick. He's not wrong, but he's a dick kind of because he gets off on it. Iceman was a dick because he was right. That's yeah. like someone doing something really, really dangerous in front of you, and you're like, I'm going to call this guy out on it every single time. He's not wrong. Also, just throwing it out there again, Iceman, 
was number one. Actually, did graduate number one. Putting it out there. But nobody graduated. You guys were already Top Gun graduates. Yeah. Yeah, they they had all graduated Top Gun. They came back, so there was no class here for this. I here's the thing. I spent like Hangman brought up uh, fucking uh, Rooster's dad dying. Yeah, I think that yeah, alone makes him like a worse person oh, and more man, of an asshole. So okay, all right, we'll, we'll it, leave that yeah, for like, the it's where it's really cool where they they flip it where he is he is the asshole Maverick. Like he's the one who leaves his wingman. He's the one who flies crazy and reckless. He's got the Maverick ego. But like oh. the the coldness of Iceman too. He's a, just a perfect oh, combination. That right, callback we'll put... was so good when they did the first fighter team and Hangman leaves his teammate and Maverick yeah. literally word for word goes leaving your leaving your wingman. Haven't seen that in a while and you're like oh shit no he's been there before. Ice is a mount too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll put Hangman at number one. Iceman a very close second on the Ragu Bagu list. Now it's going to round out the Top Gun Ragu Bagu list. For now, because I have a feeling we're going to get a third Top Gun. No, 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 come on, no way, no way. You got all these great characters. You're not going to bring them back for another Top Gun, Top Gun Three, Topper Gun. I I can't even imagine. This movie is so good. I I walked out of thinking it, Nick. I was like, could we do another one? There's no way. There's no way you can do another one. This one was too good. Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll have to wait. Uh, Hey, listen, I didn't. I never thought they'd do a sequel to Top Gun, and I waited forty freaking or thirty years for that. So. We'll see what happens. Let we'll alone one this good. Uh, but before we rank them, we do need to do Ragu Goo Goo. Ragu Goo Which is ranking, yeah. ranking the Goose-related characters. Uh, currently, <laughs> number one, we have Goose. Uh, what, what do we think about Rooster? I love Rooster, but nothing nothing's going to top how cool Goose is. Yeah, I agree. This one. I'm sorry. I, I thought he, he gave a valiant effort last week. We said there's no chance mm-hmm. that he could top Goose, easily the best character of the first one. But... He he does he does good, but yeah, he's still no. Oh my not, God. it's not as dead. Not as dead. On on behalf of Miles, I'll give a little argument for Miles. Hand and toned, incredible mm-hmm. mustache, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a scene with him and Tom when he gets on him about his dad dying and he's wearing this black fucking tight t shirt like Tim is right now, and he is so filled out in that, you're like, Oh bro, you look terrific. He doesn't have the comedic chops like like Goose did, but he did fill in that team leader role very well when he was around the whole squad, but yeah, Goose is number one. I, I am right there with you guys. Like, I think that he is number two, but like, shout out to him because he really tried his damnedest. And I think that the little dance he does is one of my my favorite single motions in cinematic history at this point. Uh, but I love Goose in the first movie. I cannot believe that the entire plot of this one was dealing with Goose's death. I think that, that is just fucking perfect. We're dealing with one of the greatest, if not the greatest, duology of all time. So shout out, shout out to the Goose Rooster. For Ragu Goo Goo with Goose at number one and Rooster number two. Now it's time to rank the Top Gun movies. I mean, is there an argument? Does anyone? I will make an argument. No problem. I will make an argument. I because I have to, not because I want to, but because I feel that I should make an argument that Top Gun one should still be in the number one spot. And the argument goes as follows. Obviously, I'm going to make an argument that it was the original. It set the tone. It was groundbreaking for when it came out. It was one of the original blockbuster movies that made Tom Gunn's career, or Tom, excuse me, uh, Tom Cruise's career. And it had the better soundtrack. I hate to say it, but it had the better banger moments because of the soundtrack. And this movie, of course, had better cinematography and the flights and all that stuff was way better, of course. I'm just arguing. I'm I'm fighting for my back here, guys. Just just give me me a little bit of space here. I think that the I like the aesthetic of the original better, and it's just I think the original has a charm and a specialness 
that I don't know we'll feel about this one years from now. This movie is uh, Top Gun Maverick is a, is the best roller coaster on the planet, and for that, absolutely, it is very much deserving of the second spot. I would even tie it for the first spot. But the original Top Gun is one of the most iconic one of the most classic movies ever made, and I just can't see putting anything above that. I I'm I'm I totally see like where you're coming from, Nick. I was gonna make the same argument. Like this movie, Top Gun Maverick, is too good <laughs> to be as iconic as the original one is. And that's nothing like to say that like those great moments from the first one are bad scenes. They're just so 80s, and like it has the perfect music and the perfect actors in them. That, you know, like, there's going to be so many more scenes that are remembered and mentioned in reference in the original than the sequel. But that's just because, like, it's a, it's an older movie, you know, and that's just how well, things were then. Yeah, it was, it was for that time period, too. There had never been things like this. And it wasn't right. like there was 80 Marvel movies coming out every year. So exactly. we're, we're in a different league of, of gameplay right now than we were back then. Um, but I will say that, like, back in the day, this was this was a moment. Top Gun was a moment in cinematic history. It was a thing that it became an instant classic when it came out. And I don't know that this movie is going to do that, largely because it's built off of a lot of the nostalgia from the first one. Having said that, I'm not going to be shocked if you guys put this above it, and I'm not even going to argue past this point. Uh, this is me just arguing for that one person out there that's listening. It's like, how fucking dare you even think about putting Maverick on? Okay, Abuelito, sit the yeah, fuck yeah, down. Right. <laughs> I look like, to... Holy shit, man. This movie is going oh, to be in the pantheon of all-time action movies. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that, like, you got a new TV, you got a new sound system. I'm going to sit you the fuck down because first I'm going to show you the uh, the skydive scene for Fallout first. I'm going to show you that as well. And then I'm going to show you every goddamn action sequence in these movies because those make it all worth it. I don't think that the first Top Gun had nearly enough charm or characterization to uh, to sort of, you know, because we talk about the action scenes in those movies, right. and they just didn't really do a whole lot for me. Right. But – if there was a lot character-wise and uh, dialogue-wise, like I feel like that movie would be absolutely top tier. But I feel like it was serviceable in those points, but not enough to kind of outweigh and say, like, hey, our action isn't there, but we got a lot of cool character and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't think it was that strong in that sense. This movie has action scenes that – this movie could just be the action. But aside from that, there still is a bit of heart. There is humor that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I kind of forgot that Tom Cruise has those chops uh, in some of these sequences where there's good writing moments. This movie's phenomenal. It's one of the best action movies I've ever seen of all time. Yeah. Five years from now, I'm going to still be dreaming about when Tom Cruise was the fastest man alive up in the fucking stratosphere, bro, with that <laughs> so cool. awesome Black Star jet. I'm going to think about the moments where they're in the canyon practicing. I'm going to think about when it's, Rooster and Maverick, and they're going up against the fifth-gen fighter pilot, and that thing fucking twirly spins around them, right? Like, yes. there's some incredible moments in this where five years, ten years from now, we're still going to talk about that, right? Like, this Where Miles really, turns really around, Mike, and he's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> Iconic, right? and, and again, it's, it's not just the great action scenes. It's how they characterize everybody through these action scenes, too. Like, you don't just get a much better sense of what's going on in the air, but you also get to know each character through what they do in the air, what they say in the air, how they fly, just their relationships yeah. with each other. 
But and I this one for me. Oh, go, Nick. Uh, I was going to say, I'm going to throw this out to those a counter argument. Take my breath, breath away. You know, know I love that. You're bringing that up to me, Nick. You know yeah, I love remember, that. Remember one. when the, we end with the with the banger song where everyone's getting their original shots, where it's like this person was a Maverick Goose, all these people, Anthony Edwards, and it's that uh, you've lost that love and feeling, man. It's oh, just those, those moments are so good, yeah. and that's they were yeah. missing in this sadly. It's Again, it's, yeah, that's it. the only thing is the music. And I know Mike uh, shouted out Lady Gaga a couple of times. I felt the complete opposite. I was like, oh, get out of here oh, with this contemporary like Christian oh. <laughs> song that Lady Gaga is singing. Not at all what I wanted. She's incredibly talented, though, and, you know, it fits. But it's still, it's just not the same, man. And it, it's just, I'm not going to listen to any of the original songs uh, in this. I will say, like, Hans Zimmer and, like, the score and all Dude. that stuff is great. It was incredible. I mean, that's, under, that's my thing. Like, though, the, the score, I thought. They oh, I could not disagree more. I think the way that they utilized it made every single moment special. Like, I feel like they, they were writing themes to scenes as opposed to just having it be, like, a score that's always playing. Like, the, the use of the sound design of Tom, like, when, when you hear the mm. stick, the amount you hear the stick in the breathing, I think, makes the moments that have score so much better. I think that the first movie is iconic, and it is one of the most iconic movies of all time. So many scenes that are just... The, the only thing going for them is how iconic they are. This movie takes those iconic scenes and makes them great, makes a great film, makes great characters, and I think it ups the ante on everything the first one did. Uh, I think the only thing that this movie doesn't do necessarily as great is use a couple of the songs, but I think that it more than makes up for it in every yeah. other way. <laughs> and with what Nick's saying about Top Gun 1 being a moment in theaters, I think this, in, in the 80s, I think this is going to be a moment in theaters. Like, in a world where we're getting 80 Marvel movies a year, this is going to stand above the rest. This, this, the mm-hmm. fact that it's coming out this Memorial Day, this movie's going to fucking crush, and it's it is going to be a... Yeah, there you go. This is going to be a, a word-of-mouth movie where... Every single person is going to be like, everyone's saying this movie is that fucking good. There's no way. And then they're going to see it, and that's going to continue. People are going to be blown away by this fucking thing because it does what it should not have been ever capable of doing. It is more than just being a Top Gun movie. Like, this is one of the greatest action movies of all time, and I think it's coming out at the perfect time to, to like, remind people what films can be. Even dumb films. This is a dumb film, but it can be so much more than just being a dumb film. Top Gun Maverick's my favorite movie of all Let's time. Let's vote for it. we got to vote. Put it on a ranking. Vote for it. Who thinks the Top Gun Maverick is better than Top Gun? Raise your hand. You are just horse. Everyone but Nick Scarpino. <laughs> I just feel so blessed that, like, when we started this, Nick took me on a journey and was like, this is a very special movie, Mike. You're going to love it, right? And it was special to him and it's special to me. Now with Top Gun Maverick, I have that, right? When I have kids or, like, whenever I go down 10 years from now – I can show somebody this and be like, this was the baddest at the time. I saw this and I loved this. And, you know, not many movies get to do that. We look at Space Jam and Space Jam 2, right? Like, I don't get to show number two to people now. But Top Gun Maverick, I get to show to people and be like, this is something special to me. I love that. Super cool. God. Well, I could talk another two hours about this movie, or I can go watch it again. I love you all. Let us know in the comments below what you think of Top Gun Maverick. Matt Batson, thank you so much for joining us for your first in-review series. Uh, Where can people find you? It's been an incredible journey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow me on Twitter at sbatson, youtube.com slash mattbatson, and twitch.tv slash genovii. There you go. Uh, Like I said, next week, we're returning to Jurassic World with Fallen Kingdom, and then the following week will be Jurassic World Dominion. But until then, I love you all. Goodbye.
What's up and welcome to Kinda Funny's Ghostbusters in review. Many, many years in the making, but we are finally here. They said it couldn't be done, and I'm very, very excited that we are proving them all wrong. Of course, I am Tim Geddes, joined by the biggest Ghostbusters fan I know, Greg Miller. What's up, everybody? Are you ready for a good time? <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah. We have the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Hey, guys. Real quick, Kevin, are you using that new Elgato low-profile mic arm? No, I'm, I'm using the high-profile one. <laughs> so I've never seen a more dominant mic yeah, arm. There, there, there. Sorry, I just had to – I moved it slightly because I thought the Kevin, mic wasn't don't working. Don't apologize for anything on Ghostbusters today. All right. Tim, Tim kept the low-profile one, which I was bummed. I did want the low-profile one, but – The natural rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. Excited to be here. And the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. I was just going to say, producer slash seducer. Good reference. Good reference. That's, good. Good. That's all I'm doing today. I'm only responding in Ghostbusters references. Good. Good. I appreciate like, that. that. <laughs> and, uh, speaking <laughs> of Ghostbusters references, shout out to Carter Harrell and Cameron Kennedy. Once again, killing the intro game there. Uh, you got to love the Milk Mommy little ghost logo. I mean, and, of course, yeah, I don't like its face. I love it's amazing. The, the sexy Sliver at the end. The uh, the Jen. That is one of the best intros. And I know we say that every week, but God damn, it's amazing. When I showed it to Jen, I showed it to Jen, and it went by. She's like, wait, what was that? <laughs> like, it's Sexy Sliver. <laughs> you will mortalize. If we can make Sexy Slimer a thing going forward, that would be the thing I'd want to leave on this planet. That's my yep. legacy. That is my legacy. Uh, so this is Kind of Funny's Ghostbusters in review, where leading into Ghostbusters Afterlife, we are going to be watching Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters 2016, a.k.a. Answer the Call. A little revisionist history there to try to add a subtitle. Uh, but the plan is, hopefully, it's leading into the new movie, the world's in a weird place. Things might get delayed. Things might change. So we're not really sure. But we're also pre-recording this because Greg Miller about to have a baby. But we can't do we'll Ghostbusters in review. Egon. Exactly. Without uh, Greg baby. Miller. I appreciate you already bending your lives to my child's will. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, he's going to be our CEO one day. So <laughs> we got we to get him early now. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, this is Kind of Funny's Ghostbusters in review. You can watch it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad-free and you want to watch live as we record it, you can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. We appreciate all of you so much. You can also write in your reviews in haiku form which is a fun little segment of the show that I can't wait to get to. A fun little segment. Uh, today we're talking about... Ghostbusters. With a runtime of one hour and 45 minutes, it was released on June 8th, 1984, which means, how old were you guys? June 8th? I was four years old. I was what one. Y- what year? Okay. 1984. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so you guys did not see this in theaters? Correct. Uh, um, I probably did see this in theaters, actually. That's, That's awesome. crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. I don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure. I have to call my parents, and my mom would probably just, whatever top of her head comes off, yes or no. But uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Do you I want me to call your mom? No, no, thank you. That'd be okay. One was a good one. Greg calling Nick's mom. Hey, uh, <laughs> did Nick's mom talk? This is Scarpino. It was released June 8th, 1984, directed by Ivan Reitman. Notable films he's directed include Meatballs in 1979, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Twins. 
Kindergarten Cop. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Animal House, Beethoven, Space Jam, and Private Parts were movies that he was a producer on. So this guy, he does some cool shit. Uh, his son, Jason Reitman, is also a film director known for Juno, Thank You for Smoking, and Up in the Air, for which he won a Golden Globe. And oh he will be directing the upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife. So You'll also be seeing him next week in Ghostbusters, too. Oh, this whole this whole time I have a confession to make. Go, go for it, Andy. Here we fucking go. This whole time, I thought that Ivan Reitman was Harold Ramis. I did too. I did too. too. Well, not this whole time. Are you? I I thought he was like, hey, I'm in the movie. I'm Egon, and also I'm the actor. Like I don't. You're, you, it's understandable why you'd have we, you'd be confused by that because Harold Graham was also a very good director who directed Groundhog's Day, Groundhog's Day. Uh, and he passed Day. away, right? Yes, Harold Graham did pass away, unfortunately. Um, I'm right, still alive. Got it. Yeah, okay. God damn! Yeah. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh I'm, I'm, no! I know. Yeah. I know you know that, Nick. Yeah, I'm explaining this to Andy <laughs> of why you would think Harold Ramis was maybe directing this or got it. That way, because he wrote it. Yeah, there was, and they, and they and that crew worked together a lot. Like, got it. Okay, okay. From, from wow, we're learning stuff today yeah. here on interview, everybody. Uh, I, I'm loaded with like, comment, with subscribe. Uh, real quick, Paul's about to get a call, so let me. Can I give my two thoughts on the movie, or like, yeah, go for it. my opinion? Um, I I enjoyed it, and there's like rewatching it as an adult because I think this is the first time I've ever sat down and like rewatched, like actually focused on it. Sure. Uh, a lot of interesting things came out, like the lore stuff. I'm actually really excited about it. It's really cool that Afterlife seems like it's going to like dive deeper into that. Um, definitely all the things that scared me as, as a child make total sense. Like all of them are still weird. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Like, I don't like, I don't think that Keymaster and Gatekeeper needed to do stuff. Yeah, to, like I think oh, they yeah, just had yeah. to sit there as as dogs to open up the the thing. No, but, they had so, to, the key master that turned them back into dogs. That's how dogs are made. They call it doggy style for a reason, right? They do it. There we go. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's I don't know. It was more enjoyable. the The biggest thing for me is like, man, it's watching this movie reminds me so much of movies from that era that like I haven't seen in so long. Where it's like. The old cars, everyone's smoking. It's so weird to, to see the throwback. How many to, fucking times does Dan Aykroyd have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth? It's incredible. It's cool every time. It's, it's, it's like cool Marvel every 100. Time. It's like this long. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very cool revisiting this as an adult. Definitely different. Still, still creepy. And a lot of the, like, my childhood fears kind of came back. And, uh, and I think we're going to get it all out. When we do plot, please point out the things that scared you as we go. Okay, yeah, no, definitely. Everything. And then Gozer, like, it, even as, it's, like, an adult, it's like, I don't, I don't know if, like, I want to, I want to spend some time with this God thing, this yeah, travel from, know. A, you know what I mean? Like, Let's I'm confused about, about the feelings that I have. You don't know. You don't yeah. you never know what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, who you got to call. <laughs> so, Nick, I was going to say, were you scared of Ghostbusters as a child? Oh, yeah. Watching I wasn't, yeah, I was, actually. I mean, the, the I'll, I'll never forget when I was a kid watching the first scene with the ghosts. And like, and then going down there and creeping around, there was a level of fear. Um, this was a, this was a, and that's why I think this this movie's so good. Is this not played for laughs? This is actually kind of a scary movie that's made, and it just happens to feature these comedic actors and there are these comedic beats, and these, because of their performances, it mellows it out. But yeah, the like, I was terrified of the part where like the scariest part of the movie for me is when Lewis Tully's 
banging on the glass, and he's like, how do I get it? And yeah. he turns around, and and then everyone looks, and it goes right back to dinner. When I was a kid, I was like, why aren't they fucking helping him? What is why are people in New York? Um, so yeah, I mean, there was there's a lot of stuff like the the librarian go, the library ghost was uh, sure. that was scary to me, and the dogs were super scary to me all the time. Bills are not so yeah. much, um, but yeah, there was uh, like the the thing that also freaked me out was the I think he he's making a cameo on the new one because I think he's in the trailer, which is the the, the cabbie, the skeleton cabbie. Oh yeah, that the minor in the new Afterlife trailer is inspired by the cabbie, but oh, okay, it's not the same from what we know from uh, Jason Reitman's uh, commentary there. Yeah, see that's what's interesting about it. It's like so for me. You know, and I'm sorry, Tim, to derail here. I don't, if you, I don't know how you want to do the show. Are you just talking about scary stuff, or yeah, Ghostbusters? And I think being scared of it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm for me, go for it. for me, it was the idea that yeah, I didn't see Ghostbusters in theaters because I was too young, but it, I saw it on HBO, and I remember my parents identified early on that I was like not into ghosts because what does that mean for like what I would have been? I, I must have seen Ghostbusters in eighty. I'm, I would I would say I was three. I would have probably said I was three, maybe at first, if that makes sense. You probably thought right around when the second one was coming out, right? I don't. That doesn't sound right because I remember being such a Ghostbusters fan leading up leading to the second one. Okay. Like, you know yeah, I mean? but like, imagine, mo- I imagine one year of your life at that point feels like an eternity. Sure, that's, a great point you know? that's a great point too. I would say that you know whatever it was to get it on HBO, I remember it was a big deal, and I remember my parents having identified in me enough that I, I was interested in ghosts or scared of ghosts or whatever. I had something going on that I showed expressed an interest in ghosts at some point. You were scared of no ghosts. I, well, then I probably would have been, but I remember them being like, we want, they kept me up for this movie. I remember it was a big deal. And they were like, we think you're going to like it. And it might seem scary, but it's not. And like, they were big uh, SNL fans. They were big Bill Murray fans and Harold Ramis fans and stuff like that. And so I had the expectation set up early on that, this was an empowering movie, I think, of these guys actually can stop the ghosts. Like, the ghosts aren't going to scare – and even, you know, like our first introduction to Slimer, right? Like, when he's – barely, I, I can't imagine watching Ghostbusters, right, and not knowing Ghostbusters. So to watch that at, in a theater and, like, that, there is that moment of, like, Pete, Pete, and, like, dun, 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 of, you know, Ray stands running oh, to get to Vaquin awesome. just to uh-huh. find him that he slimed me. Like, that's yeah. all this thing can do to me, right? Like, it can go through me and slime me. Like, I remember the Ghostbusters – never scared me it always made me feel more power not powerful that sounds weird but like having the 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 real ghostbusters sign up in my the poster up in my room that said this room is protected by the real ghostbusters like made me feel protected from ghosts the putting on the suit and even the fake proton pack as a kid made me feel protected in a way or at least interested in a way that if something like that had happened i wouldn't be scared of it very cool yeah but i love that's what i love about the movies of that that era right we talk about this a lot though they like they would not make a movie like this. I mean, this wasn't really a kid's movie. This no, wasn't a movie that's why like Ghostbusters 2 is right. not people's favorite Ghostbusters not, because it is a kid's movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so interesting to watch is like the reason I think that everyone loves this and, the, and I think we could take lessons from this still even with modern films we make today is that Kids loved this because of the ghosts and the proton packs and all that stuff. But parents loved it because it was an adult movie. It was a movie yeah, with funny. starring some of the 